Yo, what's going on, you guys? This is Brandon. And this is Blake. And we're coming at you with a really special episode today. This is a game, an episode that's near and dear to us, the Game of the Year episode. 2022, man. It's been yeah. crazy. And I just got to say, before um, we start out, this is so special for us. Um, this is the first time we're recording in person. Um, I guess just to give everybody some context, we normally do it over Zoom. Just yeah. peek behind the curtain. Yep. Um, we've been doing it remotely since since its inception. We started in 2019, and I mean, here we are in 2022. So we're just so excited and I guess thankful to be here, dude. We've got such a great episode. I'm so excited, man. Seriously, thankful to be here. I mean, to, to be doing this in person post-pandemic, man. Like, I can see your eyes. Like, it's it's crazy. <laughs> like, I, you just wonder, like, why haven't we always done this in person? Because it would have been, like perfect yeah yeah game of the year man game I'm of the year this is my game of the year <laughs> <laughs> um but i guess yeah just to, before we kick it off um the way that our game of the year works is we talk about or i guess i guess the criteria is we're going to talk about any game that we have brought up on the show uh this year that's kind of our criteria so doesn't matter when the release date is as long as we've brought it up on the podcast this year and anything after November um, is not in contention. So if we talk about a game that we love in November or December, and you're like, oh, why didn't, why isn't that on their list? Um, it's excluded. 2023. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think last year we, I think you kicked it off. So would you like me to kick this year off? Go ahead. Kick it off, man. Get the ball rolling. All right, man. <laughs> I feel like I have to preface number 10. Um, if this is your first time tuning into us, uh, please hear out the rest of our list. Um, this is this is a little bit off-brand, a little bit off-color for us. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, so I guess my number 10 um, game of the year for 2022 is Fortnite. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. That's a good one. That's a, that's a really solid one, honestly, especially thinking about some of the moments that we've had this past year, I could see why you would put that one on your list for sure. Yeah, man, I've had a great time with it. And I guess <laughs> just to start off, um, you know, it's very easy to dismiss this game. You know, I mean, like truthfully, it's a Leviathan of a game. And, you know, as we've, you know, it's been around for a while and they've had crossovers from every brand and IP imaginable, you know, from Star Wars to Dragon Ball to Rick and Morty to the NFL, you know, Stranger Things, John Wick, Ariana Grande, the list just goes on and on and on. And just because of the size and pe popularity of it, you know, it's very easy just to dismiss it and be like, oh, that's not for me. And I think that I, I kind of dismissed it for a lot of years. Um, but like truthfully, I can't deny how much fun I had playing this game this year. Like yeah. it is, it is just so much fun, and it, you know they we talked about it a lot on the podcast this year. But they removed building, and when they removed the building, it essentially it was turned into a fast-paced, fun, cartoony third-person shooter battle royale. Yeah. Whereas before it was more of like a strategic battle royale and a very skill-based battle royale, and they just completely changed the whole narrative. Of the game they completely changed you know the structure of it and how it's played and it's just so fun it just like truly opened its 
itself up to become like such a playground and just like a just a space for like great good old video game fun right and you know we personally we had so much fun at that or like we had so much fun doing that this year yeah we did we played a lot of it i know you played through a whole season right so you got like a whole season's worth of, of prizes i did yeah it's the first and only time i bought a season in fortnite and i just i just loved it i had so much fun like truly so many fun gaming moments and i'm so glad that you brought that up because that's ultimately why i decided to put it on the list um because it's like the nature of it is very fleeting yeah which is it's kind of interesting um just because you know it's very it's a time and place i mean this is a live service game and it's the most successful live service game so that means that like this game changes every single week like truly every week the game is different in some type of way it's like got new guns got new characters like truthfully the game is different every week yeah and because of that like the game in the the season of game that i played like they no longer exist like parts of the map have been destroyed they've been distorted replaced the guns are different the places are different the mechanics are different everything about it is different and by the very nature of it you know it's always being updated it's always new which is exciting and why it's so successful but it's also a bit sad you know like the game that we played so much of and that we loved like they had like star wars and dragon ball characters in it like those are some of our favorite franchises like that game just doesn't really exist anymore and like i loved playing it and it, it's kind of sad that it no longer exists um you know but i, I think that that that's okay you know i mean small iteration after small iteration you know it just becomes like small tweak after small tweak like after a month it's just un, a totally unrecognizable game yeah and i think that that's cool and i think that that's special and for me this year in 2022 i really enjoyed um the time that i had with it you know playing with my friends and even making some new ones so fortnite fortnite <laughs> my number 10 <laughs> that's one hell of a number 10 man i'm super stoked to see what the rest of your list has in store right now kind of set the bar there yeah. um Man, um, I guess I'll get right into my number 10. Yeah, dude, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. So, mine is going to be, you know, I, when I started gaming on consoles in 2012, um, I started with Skyrim on an Xbox, and Skyrim was made by Bethesda, and this game was also made by Bethesda Softworks. Okay. Um, this is Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Why Tokyo number ten? Yeah, man. This we is... talked about this a little bit. This is I. I actually I really wanted to check this game out. You you really sold me on it. I'm Dude, just waiting for a sale. It's but. awesome, man. It really just it takes you and it puts you in the setting, which is Tokyo. You're in the city of Tokyo, and you know the whole population is gone. Um, there's been a, a huge you know disaster, and now you know the population has been replaced by. Uh, supernatural humans that are going around the city trying to you know just get their way and, and it's up to you to stop them and I really like how dense this world was it really felt like you know I was in New York City as far as like block to block you're as you're progressing through this world you're moving through the Shibuya district which is like one of the most densely packed districts in the world and uh, you really feel like you're in this world. The, the creators 
did a great job of taking you there and, and you know, enveloping you in this world, um, you know, having you just experience life in, in this kind of torn city. Um, and as you try to mend it, you kind of start to feel the connection to the city more and more because you're like quite literally cleaning up the streets from uh, kind of Batman-esque, if you will, from mm-hmm. all these bad guys. So um, it's it's a really cool game. I, I definitely see the similarities between like a game like Skyrim and Ghostwire and why I like both of them so much. Um, and I definitely see myself spending more time in Ghostwire in, in 2023 and that's part of the reason why I wanted to put it on the list mm-hmm. was because I didn't get to explore as much as I wanted to but even the small bit that I did explore was enough to you know just keep me going and I'm, I'm very intrigued on this world I really love this game oh, that's awesome man yeah so I guess you brought something up I guess I didn't know is it is it an open world game um it's a it's a single player game, but it, it is open world in the oh, sense right. of like in, in like Tokyo. Yeah, you're wow. in Tokyo. So you I guess I just, didn't realize. That. I didn't know yeah. it was made by Bethesda. You just like walk, you know, from block to block. But you're in the Shibuya district for the most part. That's, oh, that's awesome. So it's really, oh my gosh, it's really about the setting. Yep. And the place. It really is, and that's I think that's why they limited to a single player game is they really wanted to tell this story. Um, you know the the creators like really felt a connection to the city personally and you can tell with like the the story and when you're playing as the two protagonists like they just have little commentaries about areas and they'll say certain things and like you'll kind of get a glimpse of what their life was like okay. before the disaster oh wow um, so, like are you also like kind of trying to save them in a way you know, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, and in a sense, you kind of all are trying to, to save a protagonist. It's a good story. Okay. Are you also, like, trying to save Tokyo? Like, are you trying to save the place? Because I know you say there's, like, a disaster happens. Is that kind of, like, the main goal of the game is, like, save it and put yeah. it back to the way it was? Yeah. You're, you're pretty much trying to, like, get rid of all these evil spirits and ghosts that kind of, like, come out and, you know, taken over. So okay. I'm trying to put them away. Now let me ask you: Is this game spooky? Is it is it scary? I, that's what you know, that's what I've heard. It it definitely tries to be spooky. Okay. You know, <laughs> and, you know the elements. It it definitely does it, its thing. It tries. Um, personally, I didn't really feel too scared. Like I can play this game in the middle of the night. I'm I'm fine. It's you know it's at the end of the day it's it's a video game and it's you know, it's really fun. Um, you know you have like it's very uh, I'm trying to think what game this is like. As far as like, kind of like Fallout esque, okay. where it comes with like how the mechanics play. Like, you can have like, it's like lasers in one hand. Kind of looks like so you kind of have like magic, right? Like magic, it's like yeah. each trigger is like your different yeah. hand, and you kind of like you. But so you're, you're like capturing the, souls. Oh. Like you, you are capturing. So after you defeat somebody, you say you use your magic on your right hand. On the left hand, you like will like actually absorb them and capture them. It's really really cool, oh, and wow. that's like a cool dynamic of the game. Um, some people did complain, like looking at the reviews. Some people complained that like that aspect of the game wasn't as well like um, developed out. Um, but that just shows that people really appreciated that aspect of it. I feel yeah. so. Yeah, definitely. If you if there are small criticisms, you know, I mean, it just shows that people that it really resonated with them. Exactly. So, oh, that's awesome, man. Number ten. Number ten.
Alright, on to number 9, man. Uh, <laughs> so, this this game, I'll just come out and say this game is Minute. Okay, Minute. Minute. So, <laughs> we talked about this a little bit um, on, I think it was actually the last episode of our Season 2, and I kind of... Kind of just talked about the game. I mean, there's really not much to it. Um, it is one of the, it's actually the shortest game on my list. Um, it takes you about one to two hours to play through the whole game, but I just loved it. I loved the whole thing. I loved the length. I loved that it's only like I love that it's only a one to two hour experience, and I love just the whole gameplay. And it was just so fun and creative. Like it's fun to explore, and it's just so clever. Clever, and. So what this is, it's a black and white, top-down, isometric, pixel art style action game. And what makes it so cool is you're kind of just like exploring it like you would like one of the old school Zelda games. And then you pick up the sword. And it's, it's a cursed sword. That's what it is. So you pick up the cursed sword, and from then on, there's 59 seconds in the, in the top of the screen. And then it's counting down. 58, 57, 56, 55. And then when you get to 1... Actually, after, when you get to 10 seconds, it gives you like a, like there's like a sound cue. So like the, the last 10 seconds just feel epic. And then you die, and then you're back in your, your house. And as soon as you're back in your house, it starts again. 59, 58, <laughs> 57. And that's how you have to play the entire game. You have to play this game in minute increments. And it's just so cool. I just think it's such a clever, like, game design like just the aspect of it is just so cool because like everything is in a minute and I just absolutely love that um, you know because it's everything is so short like it really is like all all killer no filler like there's no moment in it where you're you're like questioning what you're doing or, or what's going on like you're truly trying to like speed run as fast as you can like get to the next thing like like oh i just talked to this person it talked it took me 40 seconds to talk to this person but now i know where to go next and then you're just like sprinting across this like pixel world and it's just so fun but it and you would think that because like the time frame is so i guess short yeah i feel like it might get stressful but it never does it's just it's beautiful i just absolutely loved it and <laughs> i would like truly recommend it to anyone um, especially if you're like nostalgic for, for those older games or an older experience or if you've never experienced a retro title before and want to kind of see the the ethos of that game design um, you know this is a very accessible way to play those you know kind of retro experiences and I think that you know I've in this past year I've checked out a lot of older games I've just been inspired yeah, to. You have. Yeah, I've just been inspired to check out things that have come before, because um, I've had some experiences where, like, the creators of something I loved were like, "Oh, I was inspired by this as a kid," and then I'm like, "Well, I can go play that. Let me let me play that." Right. And this, I think, is just so incredible because it really speaks to, like, the clever and fun game design of the past where they were so limited, and I think it like captures that ethos in a one to two hour experience. Cause like, like I'm playing through an older Zelda right now and I have to like refer to the manual book. So I'm like, I have no idea what to do next. Um, but this one, like you may feel that like a little bit, but all the puzzles are very clever. And just because of the time frame of it, like you're not gonna get stuck up on one thing. 
Like, you're going to be like, oh, like, I think this is it, and that's probably it. And it, it's just really cool. It's a really fun experience. And, um, like, when you talk to the people, you have to really, like, it's an investment because you're like, this is my whole day. It's like 59 seconds. Right. If I spend 20 of them talking to you, that day's over. And it's just really cool. It really captures the heart and soul of that. Yeah. I, I really like the premise of this game. It's like you got every second counts, you know, literally while you're playing it. So it seems like such a cool premise to put under a game. I think it kind of leaves you like feeling very appreciative of, of time in general. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I was, there was one point where I was playing it, and I was like, you know, I'm wondering if the point of this is to tell me to do something else. You know what I mean? Because, like, it truly is, like, just amazing, like, how much you're able to do in, like, 30 minutes in this game. And then I was like, oh, shoot, like, what could I do in 30 minutes of my life? You know what I mean? Right. So it, it really does make you appreciate that, and I think that that's just incredible. Like, I think it's an incredible game, like, top to finish, you know I mean? It's only like five bucks, so it's an it's a no brainer, and I think I talked about it in our episode about it. I just loved like the derpy art style of it. Yeah, um, I remember that. But yeah, definitely at the very least, like Google this and just see how much it is to play on like the platform of your choice. Because actually, it might even be on phones. I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it, it's a very nine. cool experience. Definitely worth checking out. Number nine minute. Minute. I'll get right into my number nine, um, which also starts with an M. It's going to be Minecraft. Okay. Um, you know, there were some, some huge updates this past year on Minecraft. Spent a lot of time trying to discover and just get back into Minecraft. I always hop in it. Like, it's like a cycle. Minecraft is like mm-hmm. cycles for me. Yeah. Um, but there were um, a mangrove swamps added. That's a mm-hmm. new biome, a couple new blocks, um, some new mobs. The warden was added. There was uh, the deep dark, so they added a whole another like level to Minecraft as far as like deep cave systems go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talked about that on one of our episodes. Yeah, you... we did. Um, yeah. It, they added uh, vibrations to the game. Vibrations. Yeah. So when you break a block, like there is a, you know, well there have always been vibrations in Minecraft, but like they really kind of honed in on it because it's connected to the deep dark. Okay. Um, so, you know, let's say you're nearby the warden in the deep dark, and you break a block. He, if he hears that, he's gonna he's gonna get alerted, and he's gonna get after you because it's his job oh to like protect that. And Jeez. so, 
you know, they added that. So it's like if you break a block near water, the vibrations get muted. If you break a block near wool, like it totally mutes the vibration. Um, so you have to like place wool around things. Yeah, just okay. to break certain things so that the warden doesn't get alerted to your presence. Oh man! Uh, while you're exploring down there, yeah, man, it's that's it, crazy. It's dope. It's it's awesome. I've always been a huge fan of survival mode in Minecraft, and mm-hmm. to see me still playing this game like years after its initial release is like I think it speaks to <clears throat> just the design of the game. Like I think the game is so well designed that like eventually it'll still be around and we'll kind of just forget who made Minecraft. Like it'll just be a thing that's just like there. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's very powerful. Like, that speaks to good design. You know, when, yeah, when yeah, something definitely. is designed really well, you kind of just forget, like, who who made it. Like, who made the, you know, paid, like, the street. Like, <laughs> like who made those things? We don't know. We just, we just use them because they're really useful to us. Yeah. So, that's kind of what Minecraft is like to me. Yeah. I think it's so awesome that they continue to add, you know, these, like, mechanics and these updates where they just add more tools to the world. Yeah, because when you're in you know a world like this, when they add a tool, like it just adds like infinite possibilities right. of like things you can do, yeah. and like a lot of times that translates to, to situations um, where where you can have a lot of fun, you know. But also like adding vibrations, you know what I mean? Like that added, um, you know, obviously they added that other the warden as well, but like instead of like doing something that's been, like, completely mundane this whole experience, you know, like, you know, crafting, or I'm sorry, like, breaking blocks to, to get things to craft later. It, because of that, you know, adding that, now you have this tension, you know, where, right. like, if the warden hears you, he's going to come after you. But right. you also, like, they get, they had the the tools wool. Like, you know, that's been in the game since day one. And that's, yeah. you know, that's the tool to use to... Um, to get around that. Exactly. I, I think that that's really cool and I think how, that really speaks to it. How it kind of like all gets connected and like mm-hmm. it's it's really, really awesome. And I love Minecraft. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Number nine. All right, number eight. You ready? Let's do it. All right, so my number eight is Citizen Sleeper. Okay. And we talked about this in episode 58, Um, so shout out to that episode. Um, I'm not really going to talk about anything new, but um, man, I just absolutely love this game. You know, this this game like opened my eyes to what what games can be, and this game is like a strategy role-playing game, it's like part graphic novel, and it also, like, every action that you do is performed with a dice roll. Like you do the dice roll, like you like click. I mean, you click a button to do the dice roll, but that kind of, you know, shows the success or fail of an outcome. And I think it's like really cool. I think it's like an awesome story. It's in a great setting. It's really like cool, bleak sci-fi world, and it has a story to tell about humanity and raises questions about AI ethics and ownership of your body and mind. And I just I just thought it was incredible. I thought it was an incredible experience. Um, in episode 58, I really talked about this memorable experience that I had with the game. So go check that out. Um, I don't think I'd be able to recreate it um, here. Um, so definitely go check that out. 
but it was just like this crazy encounter that I had in this video game. And I think it's just going to stick with me um, forever because it was just wholly unique. Yeah. And I just thought it was so cool. Um, I, I love the art style, love everything about it. Um, but I, I really think that our, our other episode about it really speaks to why the game is so special. So go check that one out. Um, I'm excited to play more of this in the, in the coming year. Um, but it is, it's a lot of reading, so, because, <laughs> like, you have to read a lot right. of the elements of it, but I think that because of that, when you read, like, you get to imprint your own, like, I guess it's more subjective to you, and you get to imprint on it. So, Citizen, Citizen Sleeper, from, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. correctly from that episode, this is the game where you kind of, like, there's some space left for imagination, right? Like, you Oh, can, yeah, absolutely. You can think about, like kind of there is all that reading but it's also like on you to kind of like imagine this world picture for yourself kind of Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they give a very like um it's like you can see and like everything is visually represented um but it kind of just leaves like it's like the perfect middle ground where it leaves space for you to kind of imagine it on your own and i think it's a great way you know for especially like as adults you know we don't really use our imagination as much you know, as maybe we should, or maybe we did as kids. Yeah. And video games are a great way, you know, to have have that, especially like the like older ones. I'm finding this is because there were so many limitations. You really had to fill a lot of things in. Right. And I think that this is a like what you fill in is kind of what makes it. So it's a very subjective experience, but it also it, it really truly does, you know, bring us some like crazy questions about. AI ethics and like the ownership of your body. So if you haven't heard about this game before, like basically the basic premise uh, is of it is is you play as a sleeper, who essentially is a, an artificial intelligence, like an AI. But in order to be created, like a human had to scan their mind, and then like that scan of the mind became the AI. I see. But there's like another layer to it, whereas like the AI, although their conscience the way that they were scanned is that there's a corporation that like owns the proprietary technology and like a person had to sell a copy of their mind to that corporation. Okay. And then like this, so like basically you like sell a version of yourself to a corporation who is, and then it's like, then that person's like an indentured servant and their body and mind, I guess are owned by the corporation. And then there's like, Ob, like playing obsolescence in the body so like you have to get like a certain serum in order to survive mm-hmm. and like the game's just all about just trying to survive day to day as the sleeper wow and it, it's pretty bleak at times but it it's really interesting so go check out episode 58 where we talked yeah. about that because um, we did a I think we did a great job. I'm remembering that episode because it was a little more recent, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed just hearing about this game and like now, even now thinking about it. Like it's definitely gives you a lot to think about. Like I remember we were having on that episode kind of just some commentary of kind of like what we could take away from that title, and I thought yeah, like definitely that's definitely something the creators had in mind when they were making this. So well, it's funny you mention that. It's actually it's a single creator, so it's one. I wow. guess well, that's I, even more interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. That leaves more space for, like, this person obviously take them a long time, so they really had time to, like, mm-hmm. you know, ponder over those things. And 
it's make really it, cool. Make it as good as it is. So go check out that episode, episode fifty-eight. It's yeah. awesome. I think we might have to do some more of, of his stuff in the in the future. Um, I, I don't remember his name offhand, but it's Citizen Sleeper. You'll, you'll be able to find the creator. Yeah. And I actually bought his first game, so maybe we'll talk awesome. about that at a later date. Yeah. Um, number eight. Number eight. So my, my number eight is going to be a title that um, means a lot to me, actually. You know, I get I get compared to this character, this protagonist a lot. People say I look a lot like him. It's gonna be Spider Man, Miles Morales. Okay. Um, That's you know, awesome, man. One hell of a game. You know, you you basically play as, um, you know, a young Spider Man who is being mentored by Peter Parker, and you know, as he's, it's a coming of age story, but it's also. Um, much deeper than that. It's, it's it's a great story. I recommend everyone play Spider-Man Miles Morales. You know, just from like swinging through the streets to like, you know, beating up bad guys. It's a really just in, insane title. And I see myself playing this five years from now. Like it's it's just a title I can pick up any time and just have a good time with. So I I really enjoyed this game. Dude, that's so funny that you bring that you're. I mean, I guess it's not funny, but it's funny you bring it up now because I was literally thinking about this game last week, and I was like, I am so excited to play this, and I, I've had it. I've had it since I think it was one of the first PlayStation titles. Yeah, I, that you had. Yeah, I th- I played yeah. it for an hour and I kind of bounced off of it. Yeah. Uh, but just because there were, I mean, I got like so many games when I first got yeah. my PlayStation. There's so many things I, mean, I wanted. You have a lot of games in general, Blake. Well, I do. <laughs> I I really. I really need to, to finish some of them. <laughs> we all. We, we do. But, man, I just, like, what I love about this game is it's New York in the wintertime. And it's just, I mean, like, we're in New York right now, obviously. Headed, headed to the wintertime. <laughs> and it kind of... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to play this game this winter. Like, this is... I, I actually got it out of the closet. I was like, I have the physical, physical yeah. disc. I'm like, I can't wait to boot this up. Yeah. I mean... I think as soon as the first snow falls, you're going to catch me playing Miles <laughs> Morales. On Miles Morales online. <laughs> oh, I can't wait, man. Especially, like, Miles is such a cool character. And he's a cool Spider-Man because he has, like, yeah. this yellow electric ability. Like, he's, like, oh, my gosh, who who shoots lightning? Oh, he's like an Emperor Palpatine Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's but a he, funny way to put it, yeah. Uh, but he's, like... I don't know. He's a good guy, so... <laughs> He's awesome. He's my favorite Spider-Man, and uh, really, really enjoy this iteration of it, because it is kind of like a build on the original Spider-Man game, where you play as Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, a DLC, if you will, because it's not as many hours as the original Peter Parker story is. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like, I think it's only like 30 hours as opposed to like 60 on the Peter okay. Parker. But um, it's still, it's like you can tell they really, this is kind of like a love story to that version of Spider-Man, which is really popular in, in the comics. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I'm actually thinking about getting some Miles Morales comics. You know, I'm not really a huge comic person, but it, I think it'd be nice to have some of those. Um, yeah, definitely. And, yeah, man. Spider-Man, Miles Morales, definitely playing some more of that. We'll probably talk about it more on the pod. We'd love to stream some of that. Oh, that would um, be really fun. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it when there's a piece of media that makes you like want to branch out and like 
like consume like the same thing in other places. Yep. Like that really just speaks to it right there. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's Miles. Miles Morales. Number eight. All right, we're moving on to number seven. And dude, I'm actually I'm super excited to talk about this one because <laughs> this was actually this was on your game of the year list uh, last year. Okay. And yeah, I'm just super excited. Uh, my number seven. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Oh wow, that's insane! That's uh, that's awesome, bro. That's I can see why you'd put that on your list. It was it was a good game. I was actually talking to one of my coworkers about it recently, and he was like let down. He was like, "It's hardly a remake." Like he was talking a bunch of crap about it. But in the back of my mind, I was like, "Dude, I love that game. Like that game is mm-hmm. it's a it's a good title." Yeah, it's a great title, man. And I I can see his frustration <laughs> with it. You know what I mean? And I, I've thought so much about this game. Like, this came out in November of last year. Like, I can't deny, like, my save file. Like, like truthfully, <laughs> my, my save file is 72 hours, and I've had, like, so much fun with this, which, honestly, that's not really that bad for a Pokemon game. Not compared to Sword and Shield. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to, I don't even want to say like, <laughs> what that save file is. <laughs> go to those, go to our earlier episodes, and you'll, you'll know. <laughs> yeah, if you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the mark of a true Sticky Buttons fan, is how yeah. many hours does Blake have in his, his that's, uh, that's, shield. you got to put that in the trivia. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can see where like his frustration is, because it it is like a remake, and it's not... Or it, it, it's not really a remake, it's kind of like a re-release with new features. Mm-hmm. And I can see where you know, people would be frustrated with that. And I guess this is where, where I'm going to come from on this is if like, if all it was, was just a port, like if all it was, was they took it and they put it available on switch. I think that's a win because you get the game like as it existed and you get to like play it on like the switch, like a modern console and you get to put it, play it on a TV. Yeah. And I think that, they did so well of capturing the heart and soul of it that when you like when you play it, you're like, this is kind of the same. But if you, I have the cartridge on DS, and if you go back and look at it, like it's drastic. But they did such a good job of like capturing, you know, the heart and soul of it. The basic elements of it. Yeah, that I think it really, they really just captured the soul of the game. Yeah. And they they did some really great things. Like you can customize your outfits. You can customize your balls. Like you can put yep. stickers and like have effects when your when Pokemon they, yeah, come that's out, really and th- cool. that's really a really cool feature. And your Pokemon follow you around, and you. I just think that I just love that. I love when a Pokemon can follow you around. It's a return to the two D isometric um, view, which I personally had been missing in Pokemon yeah. games, and it's just way cuter. It's so beautiful. It enhances the visual and enhances the visual visuals, and I just I love the art style, and it it truly it it's like saved it in a way like it it took it as it existed and like enhanced it so you can experience it in a new way, yeah. And like all of the places and like the the world that you get to explore like that's all preserved in like a better visual style that okay. I think is better and more timeless. And I've just spent so much time in this place as like a kid, and now I get to experience it again in an updated version. I think that that's amazing. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. It's amazing that... I like the word you use. They saved it. You know, they preserved this mm-hmm. this world, right, that we really appreciated. And, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it was right after Hoenn, you know, so getting introduced to this, this new Sinnoh region, I mean, it was really exciting to me. And, and seeing that nostalgia still come back to me, you know, it meant a lot. But one of the main critiques that, you know, my colleague had said was that there wasn't the platinum port. Like, they didn't bring platinum, which is, like, platinum was so cool, man. I yeah. really did enjoy that, like, extra mm-hmm. story in the upside-down world. That was that would have been really so cool. sick to see on the Switch. But, you know, my rebuttal to that was, you know, it's, it's a Pokemon company, and they could always bring that, you know, they could always make that happen. Um, he was very skeptical of that because it makes sense that they would do, you know, diamond, pearl, and platinum. But mm-hmm. um, maybe they do kind of like a Legends Arceus platinum kind of imagine yeah, that like that would be cool. world. I think I think they would play well because, you know, the the world would be really cool to experience from that lens. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's so much they can do. You know, at the end of the day, this is their franchise. You mm-hmm. know, they take it. They have their vision for it. Um, and I, I really appreciated BDSP and I mean I'm not gonna give a spoiler but this game was also on my list too so okay. it's insane that you brought it up man it's All right. number 7 for Blake it's awesome that's awesome man but yeah I mean like it would be it would be very cool to see some of those platinum features but I, I don't necessarily think that although it would be cool I don't think it's necessary because what they what they did essentially um, was they made it endless, and what I mean by that is, they, the gameplay of it, you know, being endless, I think really pres- like like I said, preserves the game, but it also like the gyms are replayable, mm-hmm. so you can go and re- or go and refight the gym leaders, right. which I think is awesome. They also they added the underground, and there is just so much to do in the grand underground. Yeah. And I guess to what you had said about the upside down, you can go into the upside down in this game, and you can fight Giratina. Really? Yes. The problem is, is I actually I haven't done it myself. I found out that you can do this, and I don't necessarily, <laughs> I don't I don't know how to do it really. Um, but I think so. In the Grand Underground, you can mine for these like mystery shards. Oh, okay, I've gotten. Some. Yeah, so I think that there's... I don't know where. I think it might be the PAL park. I think if you take the mystery shards... may I don't know. I don't remember exactly where it's at. But I think if you take them to the PAL park, you can exchange them for a car, like a cartridge. Like a, like a Game Boy-esque cartridge. And then I think you can take that and put it in a shrine. And then it gives you the ability to fight a legendary Pokemon. I see. So I think that's how they do it. Um, maybe we'll... You know, I think that we should check that out. I mean, if it's, I mean, obviously, if it's on my list, if it's on your list for this year, yeah. Um, you know, it was on your list for last year too. It was your number two last year. Um, so I actually, I think it might have been your number one last year. I don't, I don't I remember. Know, it could have been my number one. Yeah. I think it might have been. I guess I don't remember. But anyways, it, it, I think that it's something that we'll talk about in the future because they really, you know, kind of preserve this game and. Yeah, they did. I think it's awesome that you know we can still talk about it today, and enjoy it as well. Wow. Me too. Number seven. Number seven. BDSP. BDSP. 
Well, my number seven is going to be um, a game that, you know, very near and dear to me. I play it a lot. I'm playing it a lot this year, too, but just a different version of it. It's NBA 2K22. Okay. Um, I played a lot of that last year. Um, got really familiar with some of the different game modes. Um, my team, my career, my league, just playing playing through 2k is always fun for me you know ever since i started playing i think i started with 2k 12 so man it's it's really come a long way the franchise has come a long way from from where it was back then and still being able to you know come come together with friends and and enjoy it the way i do just means the world to me that they they are able to keep providing this experience um and yeah, it's it's really it's really really fun. Just play with the latest roster, get to get to know some of my favorite players better as far as like how they play. Um, getting to build in my career as a as a player, that, that aspect is always fun. Seems like it's not gonna get old for me because I'm playing a lot more of that this year too in 23. So yeah, number seven. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, let me ask you this: just because there there's a new one out. Um, you know, obviously you're playing a lot of 2K23. Can can you go back to this? Like, do you go back to this? Is it is it something that you would recommend or would you always recommend getting the new one? Well, personally, like, I, I could definitely see myself going back to it, you know, to, like, play with my, my team that I had developed or to, you know, see some of the things on my old my player that I really liked and see what I can pull to, like, this year. Um, but... Personally, I just delete the game after because I know kind of what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. I have a, a vision that's bigger than, like, 2K22, 2K23. Like, I know mm-hmm. my play style. I okay. know, I know. And so it's, in that in that sense, like, yeah, it is what it is. And this is something I was thinking about the other day. It's just that whole business model of, like, a new game every year um, is, you know, it, it is troublesome. Um but at the end of the day, it, it has allowed this franchise to survive for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it has allowed them to continue to give us this experience consistently. And, like, you know, it's only growing. I don't know if you heard, but, like, 2K competitively, mm-hmm. like, dude, they pay, like, that's full-time jobs for people. Some people, like, play 2K full-time because the some of those prizes are, like, a million dollars prizes for these tournaments. Dang. It's insane. Um and yeah, these people just really love 2K. Um, it's I think it's always interesting how like this whole like a whole world can spawn from you know just somebody said like hey let's simulate the NBA like yeah. and and now we have this so and people are pros at it man. Yep. They decided not to get sweaty on the court and they got yeah, sweaty like, on know, the sticks. Like, not get, <laughs> that was that was my kind of I know you you your philosophy of it is like I'd rather get out there and actually shoot the hoops. Well, I don't know, man. I that's kind of how I felt, but I'm you really sold me on twenty three. Yeah, I think that I might try and pick that up in a like a used format just to try it out. Yeah, like buy the used disc just so I can kind of see because I I don't know. I mean, like if you're enjoying it, like just seeing how much you enjoy this, like it's kind of infectious, but also like yeah. I just I mean we'll talk about it a little bit later, but there's been some sports games that I kind of wrote off as like a genre and then I've been kind of getting into some so mm-hmm. so I think that there's something to it 
Because, like, video games, like, I, I guess I'll... When I moved to New York, I started playing more games than I ever did. Yeah. And I think it's because, like, where I was... Like, where I was in the Midwest, there was just so much space, and I had so much access to do all of these physical activities, and... There was no inside. Like, you were kind of... It's kind of silly for you to just stay home all right. day when you could just go do something really fun. Like, yeah, especially... That was actually really satisfying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially when the the barrier to entry was just, like, getting your car and driving to the mm-hmm. place that takes 20 minutes, you know what I mean? And And here, you know, in the city, I just... I feel a lot more, like physically isolated you know from a lot of these things but um like i can't necessarily like go out and go kayaking i can't go out and you know go play golf or right. or like do these things that that i really enjoy and i'm trying to find ways to do that you know i say i can't go kayaking but there are like kayaking clubs that i've like looked up i mean they, i don't really live near any of them but they do have them yeah. in manhattan i've but, seen them but um along the hudson river greenway i think yeah and, like kayak like kayak and yeah i it's guess really it's dope. free too so i guess i'll have to look into that i'll have to report back but i i mean video games are kind of like a, like a simulation you know in a way too or like an analog to yeah. you know our physical activities and our physical mind and i think that maybe you know i've, I've written it off and i think the you know, I mean, you just talking about it so passionately is just very infectious, and I think it's yeah. opened my eyes a little bit to, to what it can be. And I've learned so much more about the game of basketball just by playing this game, like, playing, you know, being able to, like, rub shoulders with people who are, like, mm-hmm. do this for a living and, like, really know the game from a different, like, angle has helped me tremendously in real life, you know, playing the game in person. You know, I just have better basketball IQ on the court, I know what shots to take, what shots not to take. Kind of have a better idea of how, like, personally I like to play, how I get the most fun mm-hmm. playing the game. Um, so it's super, it's it's really improved my relationship with, with the sport. Um, now I'll just, like, go and just shoot, like, I'll shoot around for fun. Like, just because I want to get, like, my jump shot down because, like, I'll try to copy what I do in the game. Because in the game I've learned that, like, I time my jump shot right above my forehead if I release right above my forehead it's going to go in every single time mm-hmm. so I've been kind of trying to do that in real life of my shot and it actually does help just seeing like you can you can shoot without a shot meter in the game just by looking at your guy's form and it kind of teaches you like what your form should kind of look like when you're shooting as well um, and it's it's really helped me it's helped me gain weight too like mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not going to the court and playing like a bunch of games um, when I could have like stayed inside and simulated these games and picked up this like a lot more IQ and learned a lot more about the game mm-hmm. in that sense it's really helped me so I love 2K and I, I see myself playing this game a lot it's it's really brought me a lot of joy especially this year man I'm sure you see me I'm just a 2K toy yeah dude every time more. I get on the PlayStation <laughs> app it's, it's yeah. Brandon playing 2K man <laughs> yeah man it's I love that game so 2K22 they did their thing last year this year is probably even better so yeah yeah that's awesome man i just gotta say uh when just hearing you talk about this uh, it's it's truly been so so infectious and i haven't i haven't had a chance to tell you but when you got 2k and you know you kind of mentioned my previous stance i'm like i'd rather just go play some basketball I, i put my money where my mouth is and i bought a basketball that's good And i've been playing for months man like yeah. And whenever I work from home, I'll just like go in the morning, spend 20 minutes before work, and like yeah, it's super sometimes easy. I'll go after work, you know, for 20 minutes, and like 
it's really helped me, you know, kind of just like, I guess, discover activity in my like space. Yeah. And, but also like, it's just so fun. Like I, I liked basketball, but I, I now I have like such a broader appreciation for it. Yeah. And like, I also think like I played it as a kid, but like, I have never really played it as like an adult in my body. You know yeah. what I mean? Like no, yeah, I started that's... like shooting shots and I was like, geez, I haven't done this since I was like in like YMCA league. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just like, I've got like this drill that I run every time I get on the court. Like I've got like a system mm-hmm. like, and I've like met some people doing it mm-hmm. as well. And it, it's like, it's actually, it's been a great, great experience for me, like in my life personally. So mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't have done that without you, man. So I just wanted to say, oh man, like, that means a lot. Like, thank you, man. Like, it, it truly, it's been infectious, like, in, I guess, like, it's just a, a way, like, you talking about 2K, it's just, like, brought brought something else um, to my life. Yeah. So, I really appreciate that, man. That's really interesting, yeah. That's something I've done my whole life, being a city a city dweller, if you will, like, mm-hmm. just getting on the court and shooting around, but it's something I take for granted, you know, as someone who, like, adapted to, is adapting to living here, and to, to see you kind of pick up on that, I mean, that means, means the world to me, of who knows, like, the wonders that'll do on your mental health. Just oh, being yeah. able... I know what it's done for me, like, just to go and shoot some hoops. Like, it's very small, but yeah. it can really help. So. Absolutely, man. And, yeah, it's... I mean, it's just one of those things where it's, like, in ten, a 10-minute ten walk from me, you know, there's, like, 10 courts. Yep. And, like, that's... I mean, that just says all there is, you know, to it right there. Like, it's so accessible to do that. And it's, like, something that I might not have done if I... I don't know... I guess it's just because basketball is never really a part of my life, so yeah, and some and something, it is now. So something you mentioned too, like doing it in your adult body, like kind of mm-hmm. can feel weird, especially when like you watch the sport and you see these like huge, like amazing specimens do it on the court. It kind of feels like a little wrong in a sense um, to not be able to like perform as well as they do. But I don't know. It's just. It, it, I think it's more motivating than anything to oh, like yeah, get out there and just push your body and try to like mm-hmm. you know do some of those things that you can like do in the game like to make shots like that like to hit a fadeaway like you would in the game is yeah. like it's so rewarding mm-hmm. um, it's awesome yeah it. I mean it's really been fun and like <laughs> I guess not to like not to get too much into this but like when I first started like I struggled like I would truly I'd miss like every shot that I I would like (laughs) truly like I had like I remember this one time like my first time getting out I was like I was like on the verge of tears I'm like I'm not leaving this spot until I can make this shot and like last night I just hit like four or five of that shot like just in a row and it just feels like it just feels good like just to see how far I've come um and like I just love that man so like that's all because of you man awesome and your passion for 2k number seven (laughs) 2k So we're back in it. Um, number six, man. Number six for me is Eastward. Ooh, Eastward. I remember you spoke a lot about this game. You gave, you gave this game a lot of high praise. That episode is a, a great episode. I really recommend you listen to it if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear about it, man. Eastward. 
and then yeah. you have this title. Yeah, so I mean, we've talked about this extensively. Um, so now I'm kind of just going to talk about it from just like, like where it's at today and like how, I guess, like who this is for. Um, and I guess I'll just get out and say it like, I think this is an underrated indie gem. And like, dude, it is just painstakingly crafted and like just the most beautiful world. And I would recommend it to anyone. I think like, like truthfully, truthfully, like in this world, like that we live in, there's a lot of like indie games are starting to like have more popularity. Yeah. You know, AAA titles, it's starting to take longer and longer, longer and longer to create these larger experiences. And, you know, this game is, I think it's like $23, $25, but it's like a 30, 30 to 40 hour game, you know, depending on, on how, like, like what your play style is. And I think that there's just so much space for this kind of game in anyone's repertoire. And, like, I, I said, like, it was painstakingly detailed. Like, this has just been crafted with so much love, man. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, like truthfully, like, I am just, like, amazed and astounded time and time again by how beautiful this world is and, like, how beautiful, like, something is and, like, how much detail there is. Yeah. And then I'll get through it. And I'll be, I'm ne- I can never come back here. Like, I saw that once. And, like, there's so many things where it's, like, the game just pushes you forward and like it is very linear but I don't think that's a bad thing I think that it really aids it in this instance but like I, I just cannot help but just be like blown away by the like how beautiful it is and how much like detail has gone into this mm-hmm. and then just like to realize like a human made this or a team of human made this or a, t- <laughs> a team of human made this a team of humans <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> and it, it's just I don't know it's just like a love letter and I just I just love that it's, it's just crafted with so much love didn't I think you're, you're mentioning the episode that this team mm. there were a lot of delays for them and it took like didn't it didn't they take like a really long amount of time to put this out this is yeah. I think this has been in development for a long time. I'm not really too sure on the timeline. You know, it's something that you can look up. You know, actually, I think that. <laughs> funny enough, I did some googling on this. It's a lot of really cool articles have been written about this. So I, like, honestly, like, if you haven't seen what the art of this game is, like, look that up first, and then maybe read some articles. And I think there was one that was. I think I don't know. I don't know how this really happened, but like at the time when I looked it up, it was on like Red Bull's official website. So I don't know, maybe they like licensed this or like maybe Red Bull was trying to get into video games journalism or something, but they they just had this like great article and it talked about like the development of this game. And it's developed by a team of people from China and it's just such a cool, I guess experience because it just feel like for me as a person that's like lived in the US you know my whole life I live in New York now but I I grew up in the Midwest like it just feels so exotic but it's also like so warm and heartfelt Mm -hmm. and like beautiful that it it's really homey and it like just being in this place and existing in this video game it's just such a pleasant experience that I'd recommend it to anyone. Great story. Yeah. And, and there's, like, great puzzles, like, good gameplay. 
Like it's an isometric adventure game, and it like you have to be like clever, but it's also like it's just fun, and you get like great power ups as as the the game progresses. Like it's kind of a I guess an RPG out of you know that part of the world, and I think that yeah, it's really cool that we can experience that you know for. I mean, there's so much there, and just because of the nature that it is an indie title, like it's not as expensive, and I think that that I think it's just a no-brainer for anyone to pick up. Eastward, man, I had to pick that up, dude, because I remember how passionate you were, and just to see it like just still resonating with you, so, like it, I think it speaks to the title. Like it's it seems to be a really good one. And that almost anyone can play it. I think that speaks kind of to like the function, the design of it. You know, it's so well designed that yeah, it actually anyone could pick it up. It it's kind of like old school kind of design. And I'm gonna say this, and I don't want this to turn anyone off, but there are a lot of like fetch quests in a way. So like, there's a lot of times where you have to like go talk to somebody, and then like they'll give you an item or whatever, and then you'll come back, yeah. and like that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. But I like if you're ever feeling like if you play this game like don't get frustrated by that like just do that and then take a step away like I think that this game is great in like taking it in small chunks because it, it's yeah. like like I said like the world's so beautiful like it's very rich so I just kind of treat it like rich food like you can't have too much of it at once like I see I think it's really better just spaced out and oh my gosh I just love this game so Eastward. Eastward. to follow that but 
My number six is gonna also be a sports game, simulation game. It's gonna be MLB The Show. Okay. Um, man, I I really enjoyed that game. Picking it up, the disc version was really worth it. One because it didn't take up space on my PS5, which has like no storage, and two because it's just really fun to hop into at any time. Like I'm feeling kind of a baseball mood. Baseball is just another one of those sports I played. I was introduced to it, like, really early on in my life. And, you know, my great-grandpa still listens to the Yankees on the radio anytime they play. <laughs> like, it's this thing, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm connected to this sport um, in ways that I can't really understand. That's why I have so much fun with it. Um, and, like, playing, you know, playing MLB, you can just hop in. You can pitch. The pitching is so, like intuitive and it's just really fun to like try to strike someone out um and then you know as as far as the batting goes it's also really rewarding um it's it's not that simple because there's a lot of like little nuances that go into it but once you like figure it out and you get it to click it becomes like really easy to just hit things in a certain direction you want to hit them and um you know hit home runs um it's really it's cool to see like kind of again with like simulation games and how they allow us to connect a a sport or something from a different perspective Mm -hmm. um just seeing like what goes into pitching and like all the different types of like like different um, pitches pitches i can throw and Mm -hmm. um like you know the stances like that the change up, after the fastball, the change up, the fastball, <laughs> screwball, knuckleball. You know, there's there's the sinker. There's things I've never even seen before, um, and as well as batting, like just seeing like, you know, uh, there's a lot more options a hitter could have than I initially thought, um, and just like the IQ that goes into that is is really cool, and it gives another perspective when I'm watching the game. Um, and, and man, I just, this is, this is another sport that I really enjoy watching. And this game, like, really captures that when you're playing it. You kind of feel like you're in um, a, a baseball game that you're watching on TV. It's, mm-hmm. They really do capture that with the announcing and, you know, the lighting. The, the graphics, I think, really add on to it. Um, so, I don't know, be the show. Have a great time with this. I definitely see myself playing this. Um, in the future and an interesting thing of the show it's not one of those like iteration games they make every year mm-hmm. I think the show is one of those games they make every couple years yeah um, it's really mm-hmm. cool I do remember playing it like maybe once or twice as a kid but like having it again is just like bringing back that nostalgia and bringing back that appreciation for this sport I was trying to go to a baseball game with you this season but yeah, yeah we, we ended up not making it happen yeah it didn't quite like, make it work next but, season yeah there's always next season but man you have to refresh my memory. Do you play as one character? Like, do you, like, make a rookie kind of like my career in NBA? Or or is it, like, do you yeah, play you, as, like, all of the characters yeah, on the you field? Yeah, you could do that. You could do, like, um, a career there. Like, you would have a baseball player and, and play their specific career. I personally don't find that much satisfaction from that, mm-hmm. playing that. Um, I have, MLB is just one of those games where I have more fun just playing online against somebody and just, okay. like putting up my team, putting up the Mets against whatever, yeah. and just seeing yeah. where it goes, simulating the Mets versus someone, and mm-hmm. um, just having that, like, learning more about my team specifically, um, about the players, and, um, 
yeah, it's it's. Yeah, that's really awesome. And they they kind of the roster's like up to date. Yeah, every it's week. always it's always up to date. That's Any injuries, really cool. anything like it's, it's an active roster, which you could turn off, right? You could, mm-hmm. if you wanted to, you could have a you know a dream team. You know, you could mm-hmm. compose your you know what the Mets you want the Mets to look like and put them up against the active roster. Yeah, um, it's it's really cool. Yeah, I that's really skip. awesome. Number that's six. Really cool. Number six, MLB The Show. It's on everything, man. You play, you're playing it on PS5, aren't you? Yeah, I'm playing it on the P5. I think it's on the Switch. Would you? Do you think it could run on the Switch? It could definitely run on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might not. The graphics card on the Switch might not run it the best because the graphics on that game are really nice. Like, okay. You know, that's something I like about the PS5. How it runs that, like it visualizes that. Like I just love just batting. Like it just I might do it right now when I get home. Just get on there and. Bad, yeah. bad a little bit. So, so can you can you change like what stadium you're playing at? Like, could you yeah. play like the Mets at like the um, Wrigley Field in Chicago, um, or would you have to be playing like Mets against Chicago at Wrigley Field? Yeah, you would have to. You can change like the stadium, but you'd have to have like the two team respective teams. Okay. Like yeah, but you'd be able to like historically change the stadium, the uniforms. Oh, that's cool. Um, which is really cool. Um, so you so could play as like nineteen twenties like Mets uniforms. I we I haven't seen uniforms that old. Okay, so it's just like like sixties. They, and they do have like they they have the like popular ones like the ones okay. they know like okay. are really like fan yeah. favorites. Okay. I guess they probably just look at the sell the sales of yeah. the jerseys that like really did well. Yeah. And um and put those up and for the teams it's probably yeah, easier cool. to do. And is this game, like, is it live service? I know that they, like, have, like, the active roster, but, like, are they going to, like, keep supporting that active roster next year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, MLB, they stay up to date. And I think there's another baseball game that drops every year. I can't remember the name, but. Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, number six. The show. The show. Hey, this is Kyle from Season 3 of the Sticky Buttons Podcast, and my game of the year for 2022 is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I highly anticipated this game prior to its release, and since I've gotten to play it, it's exceeded my expectations in just about every way. From regular multiplayer to Warzone 2 and the new DMZ mode, there's just so much to do. I've already put in countless hours into the game, and it's barely even been out. It's a fun game to play with your friends and squad up against other teams. I'd highly recommend it to anyone, even those that maybe haven't played COD before. Uh, This game is constantly evolving, so I'm looking forward to playing this one for a long time. Uh, again, just wanted to thank Brandon and Blake for having me on the podcast. And we are back from our break. That and we didn't announce, but we're back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to get right into it. Number five. Be sure you don't want to talk about um, anything else. Like, how do you feel? How are you feeling at this moment? I guess not to distract you. <laughs> uh, I'm feeling, I'm really stoked. I feel like I'm in the middle of a hill right now, and I know that like I need to get up some more before I can go back down, but that's kind of where I feel like. I'm kind of excited to keep climbing. All right, well, let's get right into talk, it. Then. Talk about number five, which is a game you already mentioned. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. That's number five on my list, man. I love to hear that that's that's on our list, man. Yeah, and I've played... It's actually two games, because I've played both Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, thoroughly enjoyed both titles. I had a really good time playing through both of them. Um, 
I still have a lot to do. You know, I haven't officially beat Cynthia yet. Oh which man! Is like, once you crazy. become champion, man. Yeah, and I've I still have to see all 150 Pokemon, um, which is pretty cool. You don't have to catch them all; you just have to see them. And that's how you unlock the national decks. That's how you unlock the national decks and can keep playing in the game, mm-hmm. which is you know I, I I really feel like is necessary to get the full experience of BDSP. You need that like post game stuff, so. Yeah. I'm really trying to get into that. Yeah, and I think uh, you have to, in order to do that, I think you have to fight every trainer mm-hmm. and every, um, yeah, every trainer, and you have to fight every person, um, like, all of the trainers inside of the gym challenge in order to see everyone. It's so, like, if you skip anyone, you might have to, like, catch a wild Pokemon. Yeah, I might have to go back and bring out the old versus seeker and look for people I haven't already battled. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is probably part of it. Just going back, trying to, to explore the world once more, finding some more mons. Yeah, definitely. And uh, just having a great time, this blast from the past. You know, like we were talking about earlier, the Sinnoh region being right after Hoenn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being my kind of fresh slate in, uh, in this Pokemon world, if you will. And uh, just having a really good time. I think my first time around ever playing in the center region in Pokemon Pearl, I picked. I ended up going with Turtwig. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great. What What's their final evolution? Torterra. Oh my gosh! And this man has sick. like a whole landscape yeah. on his back. <laughs> like, it's just awesome. Such a sick Pokemon. He's such a cool Pokemon. He has such a like cool face too. Like in the end, it's like it's like a mean face. It's nice. Um, but then I also I went with Empoleon. With my, uh, I think I got Pearl, Pokemon uh, Shining Pearl, mm-hmm. my first go at it. So Empoleon was my first, my starter there. And now with Diamond, um, Chimchar. So I've tried all three starters. I gotta say, Blake, I think Infernape is my favorite one out of all of them. He's just such yeah. a such a cool starter, super fast. Infernape and is awesome. that fire typing is just like, mm-hmm. just absolutely melts. Um, most, especially I think like gen. most common types are like grass just so happen to be like grass types just so happen to be like a bit of steel in there um, yeah this actually this generation in particular is very notorious I think that if you don't pick the fire starter there's only three other fire Pokemon in the whole like 150 original Pokedex of Sinnoh of Sinnoh yeah, so you you're kind so you, of yeah. you're really kind of putting yourself if you don't pick um, Chimchar, you're kind of putting yourself at a disadvantage between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> very much, very much so. Yeah, I think there's Torterra, I think there's Magnamar, and then I think you can get wait Torterra. Tor- Torterra is not, mm. not a fire type. It's the it's the fire tur- tortoise. Do you know what I'm talking about? The fire turtle, turtle, Torkoal. Torkoal. Oh my gosh, that's Tor-cole. that Pokemon. Yeah. He's cool. I like him. So yeah, you can get him, or I think you can get Houndoom too. Torkoal is actually a Hoenn Pokemon. This is actually cool how that works. It's like a little Hoenn Pokemon makes a debut, and he was really popular too because in the anime, um, Torkoal was used by Ash. Oh really? I didn't like, know that. He was like this very like resilient Pokemon. Like Torkoal didn't know how to back down. Like he wanted mm-hmm. to keep fighting. And then, anyway, so I could see why he was like popular and probably brought back. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really cool region. I, I really enjoyed the center region, the Grand Underground, 
like we were talking about earlier, pretty mm-hmm. mysterious. Yeah, they added so much there. It's I've still yet to do. I think about it a lot. I've yet to do the spirit tomb uh, thing, like aspect of the grand underground. Yeah, I don't even know how to do that. I think I might you know just what I'm talking about right. Like you gotta. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, like a special like way, and you can get spirit tomb. But you know, what you can also do which you can also do to get your national decks. Because it's linked to Pokemon Home now, you could just bring those Pokemon in. Or you could just bring Spiritomb or any Pokemon I'm missing for that matter to complete, to get my national decks. That would probably be the easiest, which which I think is pretty cool that they do that. That's actually really dope. Yeah. Because I have them somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really awesome that they, they have this, like, Pokemon Home, and you can really, like bring your Pokemon from other generations into the one that you're currently playing. And I think that that's awesome. I think that's so cool that they do that. And that's an aspect that we didn't really touch on when we talked about earlier. But it really just makes it so that you can have the Pokemon, you know, continue on with you. And, you know, they're with you for for longer because of Pokemon Home, which I think is awesome. Yeah. I gotta... You gotta love Pokemon Home. It's such a cool feature. You can bring everything with you and now you kind of have like a more it kind of incentivizes you to complete the pokédex now cuz it's like yeah you complete it in one game yeah i think we were talking about this in a prior episode mm-hmm. you complete one like in shield sword and shield for example you completed the pokédex fully there mm-hmm. so now any pokémon that you might need you know for a fact you probably have it in sword and shield yeah so yeah definitely and like with with Sinnoh, i think it has every single pokémon prior so if you have the full really? Pokédex in... Like Kanto, like every one of those? I think that's what the National Dex is. I think it was oh, the last wow. one where they had them all in. They were like, 400 Pokémon is too many. I think it's, And then I think for Gen 5, they they added... Or they, they just had like a new roster, and they were like, not every Pokémon is returning. And they haven't had... Since, they haven't had every Pokémon return. So I think that that's really cool that like... You can kind of see like this is like the last... I think, like, the last gen where it's, like, the original creation and, like, inception of the Pokemon. You yeah, have, like, like... original ideas there. Yeah, you have the original kind of Kanto. And then Johto. And Johto, Hoenn. And then, finally, this this kind of fourth iteration. Yeah, with Bidoof. They brought us Bidoof. Bidoof. They gave us Bidoof, <laughs> which is kind of, like, the archetype of, like, that uh, wild Pokemon that you're going to run into a lot. Just, like, the rat Pokemon. The yeah. rat... <laughs> You're just gonna <laughs> defeat hundreds I, of Bidoofs. <laughs> oh man, here we go bashing on poor Bidoof. Dude, I've got a shiny Bidoof on my team, man. He was an Everstone. <laughs> I'm keeping him. You gotta keep that Bidoof. You gotta give him a nice nickname. Yeah, he's gonna be Bidoof forever to me. Oh man. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, man, BDSP. So, number five on my list. That's awesome. That's a great, great number five to have, man. And it it's a great transition because my number five is also a Pokemon game. Okay. My number five is Pokemon Heart Gold. Awesome. Okay. That's that's great. I could <laughs> see that. I could totally see that being on your list. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this game, man. And I just, unfortunately, I got to say, the only way to play this game is with the DS cartridge, which is just so expensive these days, man. Like, this past year, I had to, like, I had to go on a journey to find somebody on Facebook Marketplace. I had to make my trek my way out to Queens. And yeah, I remember you telling me. 
<laughs> and I felt so bad, bro, because you were like, you told me about it, and you were like, bro, you should look for yours. Like, you should really try five years to see, like, we could both be playing it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, like, had I known, I actually found it, and I found two copies, like, not one, but two copies of Pokemon Heart Gold. Could have totally sold you one of those. Wow, um, I might take you up on it, man. Because I think this the cartridge that I paid ninety whole dollars for. I, I don't know if it's gonna last forever. Because sometimes I'll plug it in, and it'll like it won't read all the way. Like it'll like it'll I'll have to like take it out and reinsert it. And like I tried to clean it, but we'll we'll see what happens with it. Damn, that's pretty rough. Mine like the most I'll have is like oh I'll have the error before starting it where it tells mm-hmm. you like this is dirty, but it'll never. Yours crashes like mid. Oh uh, well, I it did. I did actually have it in me once, but it is before like it starts. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. So, I guess we'll just have to see. But I mean, that's kind of the, I guess the fall of digital media. Like you have to physically have it in order to play it. And yeah. After seeing BDSP, man, I I wish that they would put this game on Switch, like, because it's just it's so inaccessible um, to like get to play it. Like I have never played this game. And yeah, and it's a gem. It's a gem. Yeah, let's just get right into it, man. I mean, it's just such a joy to play this game. Like, it's an old-school Pokemon game. And just because it's my first experience, like, going backwards, and, like, now that I've, like, played Sword and Shield, I was like, man, like, just, just craving that old-school experience. And I get to, like, go in and experience the, the Gen 2. And I haven't I haven't become the champion of, of Johto yet, but I have seven of the gym badges I just got fly and then I think there's one more that I need to get but I don't think you can even get to that one until you get fly so I think I can just fly to that town and go down that route and I should be able to finish off the gym challenge so I mean it's like truthfully just been such a joy especially because I've had to walk everywhere which I think in like the later generations like they give you fly a little bit earlier <laughs> yeah, but, I, <laughs> but that makes you really get to know Johto and really yeah. appreciate it once you do get fly yeah it, I mean truly it really does and like I've learned the whole like I, I went from not really having an experience to now I know Johto like the back of my like hand, the back of your, yeah because you had to you have to, to yeah so it's just so awesome that like I don't know it's awesome that I was able to find this experience because like I had thought I played them all, and I, I hadn't. And there's actually there's another Pokemon game that is an older gen that I haven't touched either. That maybe maybe next year I'll play that one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just so, it's just so much fun because now I get to have an experience with Johto and Kanto for the first time. I haven't made it to Kanto yet, but I'm like I'm so excited. I'm so excited to get to see the original 150, 151 in their their original glory. Yeah, like it, it's pretty much like the OG roster, and they have like the second gen editions. And dude, this world is just so peaceful. It's so much fun to build a team. Yeah, and it is like truthfully, it's a little bit harder. Like you have to like really use like your status effects. Like I can't tell you how many times like people have put me to sleep and then like <laughs> just attacked me, and like they just don't do that in the older gens. Yeah. Like you really, you really have to like know and strategize and like sometimes the gyms like they'll have like a meta strategy and like yeah you really gotta like they you gotta prepare for those battles yeah and it, it's really fun and it's really awesome i've just had such a great experience with it and like sometimes i'll show up to a gym and i'll be under leveled and like that is really cool to like 
be under the level of the gym leader for the first time and I can't tell you how long like it really feels like a challenge and an accomplishment when you yeah, get yeah our it. gold was really a challenge and now that I look back at it like at playing it I didn't recognize how much of a challenge it was I just remember being really frustrated and like upset that this wasn't as easy as some other games mm-hmm. and uh but overall that made it all that more worth it when I finally got you know to go battle the Kanto gyms because that's something that's really cool about this. There are 16 gym badges. Mm-hmm. They're not just your regular eight. So you get the opportunity to go and battle all the gym leaders that you may have never gotten to learn about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never gotten the, to play them. I'm, I'm really excited yeah, for that you aspect get, of it. You get to see them in this new light, like in this kind of new colorful world. It's really dope. And, you know, they give you like the, like, you know how every gym leader has like a story or whatever you get to like mm-hmm. learn, you actually do get to learn about these two and uh they could you know they could tell no part of this game was rushed yeah um, this yeah. really was like i think when we were talking about it in earlier episodes we kind of highlighted that this was kind of like a love letter by the original team that kind of launched pokemon to the pokemon company yeah and it, yeah. it truthfully does feel that way when you play it um and I'm so glad I still have two copies and a DS that functions <laughs> to play it, man, because I can't tell you how, how fun and nostalgic it is to just play through this title that I had such a great time with. Yeah, I mean, it's truly, it's just so much fun to play, and it's so peaceful and enjoyable, and, like, I just love how the Pokemon follow you around, too. Yeah. Like, I've got an Umbreon, and, like, that Umbreon, like, it is just so cute, like, in its little sprite form just following me around. And I feel like it just yeah. fits the vibe of Johto. Like, I feel like Umbreon is just such a cool Pokemon. Yeah. I've never had him on my roster before. Eevee makes his debut in Johto, right? That's where it... I think... Is he, is he in Kanto? You know, I'm not sure. I, th- I don't know if Eevee... No, actually, Eevee's in, Eevee's in the first gen because okay. there's Jolteon and... Because the original... Okay. It's the... There's a Jolteon... Vaporeon, Vaporeon, and Flareon. Flareon. Yeah, those are the the first three in the I first see. gen. So then they added Vaporeon um, and the primary colors. They get they added the yeah yeah they did the red blue yellow red blue yellow yeah. But it's oh my gosh, it's so cool. So in order to evolve them into um, Umbreon and Espeon, or is it es- Espeon? Yeah, Espeon. You have to have a high enough friendship, and then in order to get the Espeon, you have to evolve them in the daytime. And Umbreon, you have to involve them in the actual nighttime, like the real world nighttime. Like the clock in this game is like, it matters what time it is. And like different Pokemon will show up on the routes, like based on different times of day, which I think they've done that going forward. Uh, but it's just really cool to see it in the the game where that inception was because it feels very drastic and it feels yeah. like a lot of thought went into it. Yeah, it does. It definitely. It definitely does like add another layer to the, you know, the wild, if you will, when you're, you know, try encountering these random Pokemon, depending on the time of day that you're at. Um, just, yeah, definitely add some variety to it. Yeah, yeah, it's so awesome, man. I guess my my only hope is that in the next couple of years we'll be able to play this game, on Switch. Like I really hope that it, it gets moved forward so that we can continue to play it, and. I guess that's just my hope. It's such a good title. Man, they gotta port that one. They gotta port Platinum. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of things they gotta port. Yeah, I really hope they do, and I think that BDSP might have been like a test in a way. Like, how can we get the two screen 
formula. How do how are people like yeah. that? And I think they got it. I think it worked. I think it works great. But also like with this game, this was you know I mean we're playing it on the DS, but its inception was on the Game Boy, mm-hmm. which only had one screen. And I think that the second screen is just the menu screen in this one. Right. So I think that it. It truly, I think it would be. I think it would be a very easy one for them to, to move forward. But if they were, I can see why they would do BDSP first because like it has like the touchscreen is more prevalent, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. Fingers crossed, man. Such a great title. Yeah. It's my number five, Pokemon Heart Gold. Number five, Heart Gold. I guess I'll just move right on to. Hi, this is Andrew from the Returnal episode. It may not be a big surprise that my game of the year was Returnal. Now, I know it came out in 2021, but I did not discover it until 2022. So for me, it defined my 2022 in gaming and really changed how I looked at games. It was such innovative storytelling with such incredible mechanics. Please check out the Returnal episode where I go way into depth on it and just gush and gush and gush about this game that really impacted me so much. Uh, The games I'm looking forward to coming up, number one is the Callisto Protocol. That comes out in just a few days from when I'm recording this. And then as we get into 2023, I'm excited for Forspoken as well as the Dead Space remake. I loved the first Dead Space and what I've seen from this remake with the new engine and the new graphics, it's really going to be exciting. And then SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake. I think this is gonna be a sleeper hit. Battle for Bikini Bottom on the GameCube really ran my whole childhood. I loved the remake. I beat it on both the Switch and I 100%ed it on the PlayStation 4. Really excited for another great year in gaming and uh, excited to be a part of this podcast. Uh, If not just to talk about Returnal, it's that good. My game of the year. Thanks so much. Have a great new year. Yep. All right, so we'll move on to the fourth, the fourth, title on my list which is going to be a pokemon game as well oh my kind gosh of a, on a bit of a pokemon <laughs> marathon here for the last yeah, we are of titles. A, a bit of a pokemon binge <laughs> <laughs> but, but this one is going to be can you guess which one this is i, I mean i have a guess man <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much yeah you this kinda, thing is the only one left <laughs> pokemon legends arceus yeah Oh, dude, that's such an awesome title, man. I'm so happy that it made it to your list. Yeah, it's, you know, it was kind of like, I was thinking about where where to put it on the list, and I ended up going with four, um, just above BDSP, because it was just exciting, man. It was exciting, it was new. Um, it made me think a lot about the future of the franchise and, and what I liked about it, you mm-hmm. know, already, and, um, and what I didn't like about it, and it's just it's it's definitely the the new frontier for pokemon i feel like yeah um, it, it's a very new experience and i think that you know what you said right there what you liked and what you didn't like about it is very interesting and maybe we'll talk about that in a, a little bit later but continue on man yeah man like i i just i fell in love with this world just being able to interact with Pokemon in this new way that I've never interacted with them before. You know, mm-hmm. put them on a big screen and uh, be able to sneak up on them and, and hide from them and hope that they don't notice me so I could whack them in the head with the Pokeball and catch them off guard. <laughs> um, 
it was just it was really really fun like to be able to bait them out and build out my team that way battle out my pokemon you know increase their levels um yeah. fill out the pokedex in a, a kind of new and interesting way which was like yeah. you know having to explore the pokemon in different ways catch it in a different way yeah, you really had to do research yeah it actually felt like pokemon research tasks mm-hmm. um, which is in the name, I, and you know, I really enjoyed this this world. I feel like some of the maybe the character and the story development could have been a little bit better, put you know, side out. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a new experience. You know, mm-hmm. it's really the what what are they doing next? So it's it's very, um, I guess like inventive, you know, experimental. Yeah, it's you know maybe for the first time exactly. in a long time. And, and it's and very fresh. Think about how risky that is to like try to cater to a community that has such a high expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Of like what they expect this title to be, and you're trying to give them something new and fresh. Mm-hmm. And like people were leaking things all the way through. Like I don't even remember, but like yeah, I I was watching like before it came out, like both with this and and uh, BDSP, like there's so many theories and leaks right. that like they were gonna be tied and like. Yeah. Because it's the same region, and, like, they're like, why are they coming out so close together? Like, this is crazy. And yeah. I think that for us, like, that was kind of the point of contention because we were like, we like to play the whole game, like, all aspects of it. And it's kind of like, how do we play both these games that came out two months apart from each other? Right. And, but it, I think it kind of led to some, some burnout. But I think once we got past that, we got to experience, like, what both the titles bring to the table. And this one's just so new. And just leads to, like, so many cool Pokemon moments. Yeah. Like, you're in an open world area, and, like, you truly, like, it's just you and the Pokemon. It's just you and the Pokemon. At times, you know, it really feels like a Snorlax to come and body you. (laughs) He's going to hyper-beam you, man. He's just going to giga-impact you all the way down to the Earth's core. (laughs) Like... You know, it's at times it gets pretty gnarly out there, but that's why it's just you and your mons. So you you have your your friends to help you out out there, and it really does feel that way in this world. So it's exciting where where we're gonna head with this. You know, I think there's a Legends Arceus two in the works. I don't know, man. There's been so many leaks and speculations. I really hope there is, man. Somebody somebody there was a fan. They made a, a. Oh my gosh, it's a. I think it was. Legends Celebi trailer. So it's like a fan-made Legends Celebi trailer. And it just looks absolutely insane, man. It looks like... it. Honestly, it almost looks better than the Pokemon Legends Arceus game. <laughs> but... <laughs> I bet you someone that Pokemon is looking at him like, hey, we're taking that, we're taking that, we're taking I, that. <laughs> I hope they do, man. I really hope they do. And I think just be... And I think that... I mean, at the time, it was just so so new and so experimental that... I'm not sure if a lot of people thought it was going to succeed. Yeah. So I think people like played it. They were like, oh my God, we love this. And then I think that the fans were like, we have to just like give give them the idea. I don't care if like, you know what I mean? Like, I think they really want the Legend series to continue. And I hope it does. Me too. I really do hope it does because it's exciting. And there's so many ways they could take it, man. They could take it to like a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon aspect. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever played Mystery Dungeon. I need to. It's on my list. It's so much fun. And if they took Mystery Dungeon on that route, kind of like, I just, I'm just imagining it would be really, really fun and exciting. They could take it to like a Pokemon like rescue 
aspect because I know that that's kind of like a series they have as well. Where, mm-hmm. You know, you're saving Pokemon and you're like part of a rescue team. You know, you could keep it at the like regular OG, you know, eight gym badges, go to fight at the league just through this perspective, which would be like, which is what we're kind of hoping for with Scarlet and Violet, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the um, hope. But, you know, even if we don't get it with Scarlet and Violet, just the fact that the franchise is headed in that direction, I think is really exciting. And I think mm-hmm. it, Definitely. it speaks volumes to, to the good people we have working at the Pokemon company and, and how they try to cater to, to their community. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. How crazy would it be if we got like a Pokemon Legend Celebi and a Heart Gold Soul Silver remake? Oh, <laughs> like, what if I, they did the same thing? Dude, but... I would definitely be experiencing Pokemon Burnout. It would just be Pokemon <laughs> all day and every day. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be the yeah. only games we, were, we would yeah, be playing. That's but... all the only episodes you guys would get for months would be <laughs> Pokemon related. Um. But yeah, man, I mean, it's just such a great game. And I think that one thing that I want to highlight is, like, when you get in the, like, when you, like the first moments when you're let loose in this world and you have the, the Pokeballs and you have to, like, cock it back and throw it at a Pokemon and then you catch, you know, Pokemon. Like, that is just, that just feels so good. Yeah. And, like, it really feels like an iteration of, of what the, the franchise could be. And right. it feels like the future, and it just feels so good. So that's so exciting, man. Um, exciting to for us to be here and yeah, to see and, that. And see them deliver, you know, mm-hmm. deliver on a, on a concept, on an idea. It's good to see that they can do that. And Yeah, we just see what the future holds. <laughs> Let's hope, man. Hope that it continues to be good. Um, but that's number five. Or was that your that's, number, that's, that was your number four? That was my number four, and number now we're four. on to your number four. Okay, all right. Well, my <laughs> my number four is not a Pokemon game. <laughs> oh, man, we got a little streak going. I know. Did we have, did we have three in a row there? <laughs> we had three in a row. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, my number four is um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. I could definitely see that one. I remember you talked about that one on the episode. You were really passionate about that game, like the music on the game oh, and my gosh, the story, so the element, like how the characters would just talk on their own and like interact with the world on their own. Like mm-hmm. that was really, I thought that was really cool. I I really love this game, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hit like some of the biggest biggest marks there. Like, I guess I'll just get out and say it. I mean, I say the soundtrack to a lot of games is good, but this one's like really good. And it's like licensed yeah. music, like. Um, Star Lord and the Guardians of the Galaxy, like they're kind of known for like having great, like awesome music. And what's really cool about this is they they have that, but in like Star Lord, I guess the main character Peter Quill, his favorite band is Star Lord in the comics, mm-hmm. and he that's kind of how he like gets his name as Star Star Lord. He like loves this band from Earth called Star Lord. And what they did, you know, for this game, you know, they made a whole album by, like, Star-Lord, the band. And they made, like, all this fan fiction, and, like, it's just so cool. Or, I guess, maybe not fan fiction. They, like... Wait, I, you know, I guess wait fan so fi- they had the actual band, Star-Lord. They made... Make... They made music. a band. They, like, cast people okay. to be in this oh, okay, band okay. called Star-Lord. And then they had, like, a fake... Um, oh, my gosh. What's the... What's the magazine called? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the the rock magazine. Oh, like the rock and roll magazine. Yeah, Rolling is it Rolling Stones? Rolling Stones. Yeah, they had like a, a ro- like 
an article of them in the Rolling Stone magazine, like, in the game that you could find and read from Earth. And it was just so cool. Like, I can't believe, like, how much went into that aspect of it. But it was just so cool, man. And I think that, like, what's really awesome about this is I, I'm as somebody that I like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but I kind of, like, towards the end, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, he's going to say, I am Groot, and Rocket's going to, like, say something snarky, and, like, Peter Quill's just going to be, like, a lovable goofball. Yeah. And, like, come to find out that, and, like, Gamora's going to be a badass, and, um... Oh my gosh, what's his name? Drax. Like he's he's not gonna understand sarcasm. Like that's gonna be the whole thing. But as you kind of go, like as I have come to discover, that is just in one interpretation of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and this video game is not like the movies at all. Like it's a totally different interpretation. And I think a lot of people, from what I found on the internet, think that this, like the Guardians of the Galaxy that are represented in this game, are more like towards what the original inception of the characters would have been. And to me, they are just so much more infinitely fascinating. And I think that, like, this game is so good at making you feel like you are part of the team. I see. You know what I mean? Like, you, like, truly feel like like you are a part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And Peter Quill, like, yeah, he's a little bit goofy, but, like, he is, like, actually a great leader. And, like, you kind of learn like him and how he like thinks and like you kind of get to like role play as Peter Quill and like it's actually really cool because he's a he's a great person and he's he's like he's got he's infinitely so much more of a character than um the guy that plays him from Parks and Rec that's now Mario what's his name um <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I I don't know his name but I, I sh- yeah I know what you're talking about but, yeah, I see what you mean. Like, they just took, like, the original comic book characters. And, man, it sounds like I need to play this game to pick up on some, some leadership skills. And <laughs> Chris Pratt, that's the guy's name. So, so like, the, his portrayal is, 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 an, is a version of this character. But, it, I mean, the character of Peter Quill is so much more than how Chris Pratt portrays him. Yeah. And then he's, like, like infinitely more badass. Like he's, just, he's really cool. And I really liked learning about that character. And I loved learning about all of the other characters as well. Like, I think that Drax is so much more, like, like he, he works so hard. Like, it's crazy because, like, he literally, like, is always reading. Like, he's always trying to, like, better himself. And, like, that's, like, kind of part of his character arc. Like, he's, like, suffering, like, these terrible losses of the loss of his family. And, like, in this universe, like, he's the one that ended up killing Thanos. And, like, now he's, like, kind of found peace. But he's still, like, a super toxic person going through grief. But he's, like, always reading a book trying to, like, better himself. And you can, like, see it in him. And, like, he really confines in Peter because Peter was always there for him. And, like, you learn about Rocket's past story, which is, like, it's super effed up and dark. And it's crazy. And just being, like, a part of this and, like, oh, my gosh, like, Gamora, like, you, like, it's, it's very, it's crazy because you kind of learn that, like, her, so you, like, the deadliest woman in the galaxy, like, you kind of learn that that's, like, a misnomer and that she was actually the, they gave her that because she was a turncoat and she saved a life 
and they were like making fun of her because she was like this legendary assassin but like she was on a mission towards the end of the war and she like refused to assassinate someone because they were a child and so like they like she everybody's like oh the deadliest woman in the galaxy like wouldn't do this and it was kind of like like the frustration of it because like she's done so much against us and then she switched sides and wouldn't do this one thing and she kind of talks about like after the war like you know, she finally realized that, like, Thanos was, like, bad, and she switched to the good side, and everybody hated her, and she, like, talks about, like, how she's in such a dark place, like, thinking about, like, suicide and things like that, and you just, like, don't really expect to see that from somebody that's, like, so titled, badass. yeah, like, so badass and titled The Deadliest Woman in the Galaxy, and, like, you just get to see so much of that, and, like, yeah. they're, like, so I guess this game is, like, really the, the forming of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and, like, they break up in the game. Like, the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, they break up. And you have to continue on without part of the team. And then, like, you get thrown back into, like, working together, like, against your own will. Like, you are forced to work together again. And it kind of brings brings the team back together in a way. And, like, you end up finding resolution. And, like, it, it's just crazy. Like, basically, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it, but, like... I'm actually not gonna say too more. I mean, I've said I've said a lot, but it's it's like truly like crazy and like so heartfelt. Like you get to know these characters, and like for me, like knowing like getting to know Gamora and Rocket was just like it was. It really, I don't know. It felt very heartfelt because those are the characters that seemed like they needed to go through the most. But also like Drax as well. Like Drax, <laughs> Drax is really going through it too. You know. Yeah. And, Man, I I would recommend this to anyone, and I think that especially like if you're a fan of of Marvel, like I know it's in in today's day and age, like there's just so much Marvel like thrown at you. Like I think that if you need like something new, something fresh, like this is it, because like it's just a totally new adaptation, and I think like truthfully, like it's very revolutionary in what it does with making you feel like you're a member of the team. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's so awesome. I think it's such a great game. And a big criticism of it is the gameplay and the fighting. <laughs> and it, it does it okay. Like, I will say this. At the beginning of the game, I had heard that you get an option if you can, like, boost your your um, like your blasters. Like, Peter Quill is blasters, and you can boost the power of those. Just put those on max, because if you don't put those on max... It's really it's it's not tough, but it can get kind of exhausting. Because one of the big criticisms is like you have to tell the Guardians of the Galaxy to, to what like what to do. So you have to like press the D pad and then give them a command while you're in combat. And everybody's like, well, that sucks. Like Peter Quill's the most boring of the people. Like why couldn't we have played as other Guardians of the Galaxy? You know what I mean? And that was a big criticism of it. And I think that that is is really tough because I mean. And one part you're like fair because Gamora is a badass. I'd love to play as Gamora, but also like it's part of the narrative, and there's also like moments outside of combat where you have to tell different guardians what to do. Like you have to tell them like, hey, like move that rock over there, or like, hey, Gru, I need you to extend your arm so we can get across. And like people that are I guess critics of the game found that tedious. And like I understand that. But I, I also know that, like, they did not beat the game. Because, <laughs> like, you can't... I mean, like, doing this podcast, like, we don't beat every game that we 
talk about. And I know that like just the nature of like reviews and stuff, like they couldn't have beaten or a lot of times they don't beat the games they review. Yeah. And at the end of the game, the reason I'm telling people this is because that's one of the biggest criticisms of this game and why I don't think it did very well is because people in the in the game's media talk negatively about those aspects. But when you get to the end of the game, like you have to remember like they are forming the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like they barely started. Like a, a joke that they have in the game is that Drax made business cards and nobody is using them but Drax. Like he's, he works so hard. Like he's literally peddling yeah. <laughs> business cards. And like it's kind of funny because they all like need each other. Yeah. Um, and they end up breaking up. But <laughs> at the end of the game, it really pays off because there's a moment when like after you guys are like, we're, we're doing this, like we're the guardians of the galaxy. You don't have to tell them what to do anymore. They just do it. Mm. And I think that like once you get to that point, like that point is like at the end of the game. But once you get there, it's like, oh my gosh, it's firing on all cylinders. And I think that they knew mm. that those aspects were maybe a little tedious, but that's part of I the think story. They, it's part of it. The the tension and the tedium of like being a leader a leader is part of the payoff when it all works together. Mm. That's actually really well put. I, I like that dynamic a lot. I think it makes it worthwhile to play the story all the way through and mm-hmm. and get there, right, and earn it, so to say, you know, especially you know, from the lens of Peter Quill who, you know, is a human and comparison to his teammates mm-hmm. is lacking all the like physicalities and maybe can't compete from that area but his role is so important right he's he's mm-hmm. the nucleus without quills you know the the guardians would be you know futile so i i really like that dynamic of it and i'm kind of sold on the game that i kind of want to play that and have that experience yeah you absolutely yeah. should man i i you really really should play this game and what I, what I will say about it, just to add like another little piece to it, there are different parts in the game where you can make different decisions, and based on that, the story changes. So there are different like endings and different paths that everyone can take. So it does like it's not like all linearity. Like the story is linear, but like you can get there different ways, mm-hmm. and I think that that's really cool. And <laughs> just one thing I wanted to say as we were ending it. Because it's in space, they have like a different language and they have different swear words. Um, so I just wanted to end on this game is so flarking good because that's what, that's the, <laughs> that's their their version of the F word. Uh, flarking, flarking. So Rocket says flarking a lot. <laughs> he uses a little potty mouth. Um, but Guardians of the Galaxy number four, so flarking good. What are flarking for? <laughs> <laughs> We 
feeling good man i can't believe we're, we're already this high up on the mountain <laughs> <laughs> oh but man i'll just go ahead and say it number yeah. three is call of duty vanguard wow okay yeah, yeah it's a title i spent a lot of time with this past year and uh you know i really really enjoyed the multiplayer facet of it it was kind of set in uh kind of like a world war two kind of environment um but it was still very modern like it played very modern and it was just kind of interesting to see this time period brought back to life um and kind of reminded me that like 80 years is not really that long of a time yeah you know like it yeah, it's really not it hasn't been that long and i definitely you see it with like the technology you see it with like the way the characters interact in the campaign and i also really had a great time with the zombies on this game game yeah. mode which was something i was worried about because um it wasn't the original zombies team it was um the activision team in tandem with the treyarch team the treyarch team helped them out a bit but mm -hmm. It was mainly Activision taking. How do you think it this. ended up working out? Like, what, what were some of your favorite aspects of it? Because it's it, not turn-based or not round-based anymore. It is round-based. Okay, so it's still round-based. There's definitely the there's like you can play you know different, but there's still the round-based versions. Okay. Um, it ended up working out well. You know, it was different. It had its own twist to it. You know, it it definitely felt like zombies. Um, it was it was really fun. Um, the progression was you know well planned it was good i had a great time i found myself going back to it so even playing with random people so that you know it was a good experience for me yeah um, that's awesome man i'm so happy that you're able to, to have a good experience with it yeah and i was trying to like get all these guns like gold and zombies and stuff and mm -hmm. that's how i that's how you know i had a good time i was like trying kept going back and completing these challenges and mm -hmm. you know just trying you know to have fun with it and and it did do that it delivered that for me time and time again so call of duty vanguard is a a really good one number three yeah that's awesome man i'm so happy that 
um, that you were able to have such a good experience with it, man. And, you know, we talk a lot more about it on our episode um, where we talk about Call of Duty and mm-hmm. GTA 6 speculation. So we talk at length about Call of Duty, Vanguard, and I guess why it makes it so special. I personally didn't pick this one up, so I can't really speak to it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just happy that you had a great time with it, man. Yeah. And Thank you. Yeah. Number three. It's good to hear. Number three. All right, man. My number three, um, we talked about it a lot on another episode as well. Um, but my number three is Stray. Stray, okay. I can see why. You spoke really highly of this one. This game was just like... Yeah, that, that episode was really philosophical, too. We got... Mm-hmm. It's a really good episode. Definitely yeah. listen to that one if you haven't already. Yeah, we really got into it there, so I'll, I'll kind of just keep this one brief. Uh, and I think that the episode speaks for itself. But, I mean, this, this game, this title really just stuck with me. And I think, looking back, this is the most impactful game I played this year. I think, like, truthfully, I think it changed my life. And, like, how I look at things. And I think it permanently changed my perspective mm. um, and I just I'm so happy that I had this experience and any, anyone can have this experience and at its core at its heart it's a story about us as humans and it's about how we view art why we create art like why we stick together and have community it's about self-expression questioning the meaning of life um, our social and economic structures and like what it even means to be human right and it, it is just such a, a great game that's all about looking in inward mm. but you're exploring this like crazy neon cyberpunk post-apocalyptic city yeah. as a cat and it's just filled with robots you know what I mean? Like it's a perfect a, third person to observe humans. <laughs> I feel like a dog would have done a kind of would have botched the job a bit. I think. Oh, for sure, for sure. We, I mean, I'm I'm sold on big dog energy over here, man. But a dog, he wouldn't have got it done. He would have got he lost have chasing down something. He would have he wouldn't have done the job that a cat did. Yeah, telling the story. I mean, it's just crazy. Like it, it truly is. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's a crazy like neon cyberpunk city filled with robots and like you're a cat but it's it's a story about us and it's just fun and beautiful and heartfelt and there are just like some moments that are super tense uh, but it, it very and like it very clearly has something to say about our consumer culture yeah our elitist culture and how like that is possibly driving us to destroy all of us and possibly like lead to our own extinction like it has things to say about all of that and it's also in some ways an allegory of life itself and how despite everything like how do we have the like the right to continue on and it's it's just crazy it's a great story and it's all told um, through the lines of a cat through the lines of a cat so I mean obviously like I mean, there's some heavy, heavy topics, but it's really stuck with me the whole, the whole year. And I think it, I mean, as I said, it permanently changed my perspective. Yeah, yeah I could tell after we made that episode, you haven't been the same since. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. But 
<laughs> it was a really good episode. You scared me. <laughs> but it's, it's been a really good episode, seriously. The episode was like really, like I said, we really got into it. It was really deep and mm-hmm. it definitely made me think too, you know, it's like, it's so interesting that this whole, this species can be kind of like just uh, an observer and watch us like as we um, go through our trials and tribulations as a species as well. It's, it's kind of pretty cool when you think about it from that lens. And it's like a, well, like we've been obsessed with cats since forever. Like ancient Egyptians have been obsessed with yeah. cats. And it's like, yeah. we're connected to them in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, can, yeah cats are very interesting. And it, it's, it's a, I don't know, I don't want to say too much more about it, but it's, a, it's an incredible video game. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, it's an indie game. And it's, tr- it up. it's truthfully not that expensive. So I would recommend it to anyone especially if you're in the mood to like think deep about these kind of games or think deep about these kind of questions and ex- experience kind, something through what, the lens of this game. What kind of questions specifically? Like just questions about life, mm-hmm. about what makes us human. Like if yeah. you're interested in questioning like what is art and why we create art and if you're just interested in looking inward. Philosophizing. Yeah, or, or just seeing a reflection of us in our society like look no further yeah. like this game is an incredible yeah. example of that yeah or if you just love cats like you get to yeah futz around as a cat and it's just so I fun think, <laughs> we should give this game to all of our senators we should give this game <laughs> <laughs> they might not get anything out of it but <laughs> they might just look at it and be like why am I playing this <laughs> hey, you but, never know um yeah I, I think it's always great when you know this kind of form digital media can have that impact on us and make us look inward and and just question things um you know you never know the impact an experience like that can have on your life Mm -hmm. you know like think about a version of blake that never played stray yeah i mean it's it's crazy that like yeah that something like this can impact you that way but like also it kind of makes me I feel like that's a like one way that we evolve is like asking those kind of questions. So, yeah, I for mean, sure. it. I mean, you can kind of get like stuck in a loop if you do that every day, all day. You know, like I mean, I yeah. personally chose not to be a philosopher as a profession. Yeah, but, doesn't pay very well. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it is important to to look inward every once in a while. Yeah, it's it's very important. I think that's why some of the earliest humans we learned in history classes took up that profession mm-hmm. as a full-time job they were very curious and I think it's a very natural inclina- human inclination to kind of look inward and ask questions and try to figure out why why you know why do we do the things we do um, I think it's a very human thing to kind of like do that and like regulate and question ourselves and make ourselves better you know sharpen ourselves yeah absolutely so yeah it's a great title Stray. Yeah, pick it up, experience it. Number three, Stray.
Number two, man, this is this is a title that's like, uh, it makes me like very very grateful to just <laughs> the people that make these amazing things. Um, this is Returnal. I figured this was gonna be number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean we go very 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 deep into Returnal with a very special guest. So definitely check out that episode if you haven't already. The Returnal episode is personally one of my favorite episodes that we've ever made. Um, yeah, that was that was a really fun episode to make. It was also yeah. just so fun to play the title, and I got to I got to play with different people, and it, it was just so fun to, to get to do it with I Brandon. I absolutely love that and game, Andrew. It so. was it was, shout outs to Andrew. It was a PS5 exclusive, so it really, you know, it was designed native to the PS5 and 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 the, all the features that come with it. So the trigger, the adaptive triggers, and you know, just everything that PS5 offers is really being boasted in this game, and it makes it feel so next gen. It makes it feel so fresh and exciting, and, and you want to go back for another cycle. You want to go back for another loop. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, I I found it hard to, you know, stop exploring. I just wanted to keep exploring this world, and you know, keep trying to find new things, find, be able to beat the next boss. Um, yeah, it has this this, um, I guess like this when you're playing it. I guess it's like an aspect of it. You're just like one more room. I just want to clear one more room. Like, let me get to the next room. Like, right. I just want to see what's next. Exactly, and it has like, you want information about the world around. Like, you want to mm-hmm. get that information, um, and like that's why I find myself playing with random people online. Yeah, you know, I would just go online and play with random people. I'd play with my friends, I'd play with Blake, I'd play with Andrew. Like, just try to see how they play the game and pick up what I could pick up about navigating this world. Which kind of brings me to the deeper connotation of this game that really resonated with me. I think this is a game, and we touched on this a bit on the on that episode. It's a game about, you know, at the deepest level, really processing grief, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that process of it. And you know, I think there are like five stages of grief. There's yeah, like, yeah, I think there are. Um, and they're like, they're like, is there five or six different? I'm pretty sure. Actually, I think it's four. 
like the number oh. of bosses in the game. There are four bosses, mm. but there's um yeah I don't remember. But I mean the allegory a, is very clear. Yeah, it's like it's it's this mother. She she's working through her process of grief. She's lost her son, and um you know it's set in space, and she's like caught in a loop where she's trying to like escape this planet. She's trying to escape. Is it? She's yeah, trying to escape the escape loop. the planet, escape the loop. But it, it's unclear if it's mm-hmm. actually a place or if it's her psyche. And it's just her all in her head. You know the trauma of like that. You know being in that accident. You know it's uh, it could just all be a trip. You know it's like yeah, yeah. It's really it's really an interesting game. It leaves you with so many questions. And like Blake was saying, like you want to know what's next. You want to see what's over that hill over there and you keep finding yourself doing another loop to get there and it's just it captivates you returnal and I, i'm definitely going to be returning to this game for years so yeah i mean the gameplay of it is just so fun it's yeah. so fun to just like pick this game up and play it and yeah yeah returnal such a great title number two yep I guess that moves moves us on to my number two. Um, we actually haven't talked about this game in a while, um, but my number two is Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Oh, okay, okay, I can see that. Um, yeah, you really love this game. Yeah, I I did, and it's funny because we've we've been doing this show for like two or three years now, yeah. and like we this was one of the first games that we. We had talked about, yeah, and like, we've kind of been talking about it since the inception of the Sticky Buttons podcast. That's a fact. Um, But I had never beaten it until this year. And I guess, not to get too personal, but like, me beating this game was like, very big for me. Like, I had a lot of, um, like, personal things, you know, that I was going through this year. Um, I'm very, thankfully, um, on the other side of it. Uh, maybe maybe a wiser person, <laughs> but there's a lot of change in my life, and just at the time that I, I just had a there's a lot of change, and when I was kind of going through it, I had this, you know, experience to to come back to, and I had I think I had played like 40 hours, and then bounced off of it and decided to come back to it when I had more time, and I just found myself at the beginning of this year just playing it, and in my and I want to talk about it in a, in a sec, but I want to kind of give some, like, I guess, foreshadowing or, or pre... I guess a preamble to it. In my opinion, Brandon, I think that there's a shadow over this game. And I think that it's one of the oldest and most beloved franchises. People speak so highly of this game. And 
And there's so many people that tout it as the best game ever, which I just think is silly because what the best game is ever is just, like, subjective. You know what I mean? Like, we all, like, I mean, like, we're doing the top ten list. You know what I mean? Like, we play so many games, like, there's no way that there's one definitive answer towards the best game of all time. But so many people just tout this game as that. And I just think that's silly. But from a technical standpoint, this game does a lot of things that have never been done before. And, like, truthfully, like, it does redefine the open-world genre and how we think about open-world games. And I think that kind of cast a shadow over it. Because I think when we talked about it originally and, like, when we were playing it, we wanted to talk about that. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to talk about, like, technically, what, like, what does this game do that's never been done before? Like, what works about this so well? And it just took me to, like, for me really just to get lost in it to, like, kind of go you know with the shadow and just kind of accept it for what it is and you know just really meet the game as it as it was meant to be played which it's just this isolated experience and it it took me a couple years to come to that and as somebody that loves games I felt a lot of pressure to enjoy this and I think because of that pressure I couldn't enjoy it until I found it on my own time if that makes sense you had to like really get back to Breath of the Wild in yeah, like a mental I felt space like, of like just accepting it for what it is. Well, no, I just feel like I tend to find it for what it was. Like, cause this is like the I felt I don't know maybe you maybe you don't feel this way, but I personally felt a lot of pressure to enjoy the game, and I feel like I had to come to it on my own. I definitely see what you mean as far as like the pressure to enjoy the game because so many people like speak highly of this game mm-hmm. and like coming to it as like a newcomer mm-hmm. and like trying to like appreciate these things when you really don't have like the it, yeah any like background like this is the yeah. first Zelda game I've ever beaten Me and too. it's and it's just such well, a I never beat it but first Zelda <laughs> game I played yeah like it's such it's like it's one of the most beloved franchises and it's really hard to like if you've never like played one of these or gotten into one of these like it you're missing all of that so I think like you have to just kind of get over that and, and everybody I think has to get over that in their own mm-hmm. way um but like in the context of this year like I found this and it just um it was just such a wholesome experience um to, to be able to find it I mean like this game rules Brandon like it's truly epic and it's a truly epic adventure and I I just kind of think that this game um, is like the best high fantasy game, and it has like Studio Ghibli esque vibes in it. And I, I think that, see that. Yeah. and I think that like that's something that like people don't really talk about because they talk about the other stuff. So I just kind of wanted to talk about like my experience with it. I just I just love this game. You know, like when this game starts out, there's a lot to explore, and then you kind of realize that it's you're on this plateau called the Great Plateau. And you meet a mysterious old man. And they kind of quest you to find some shrines. And through that you discover these shrines. And they kind of teach you how to play the game. And then you get the call to adventure. And you have to leave the Great Plateau. And only then do you discover like just how big and grand this world is. And it's just so beautiful and so vast. Like there's just so much to discover. And like personally my favorite part of this game is when you're like out doing a quest, either it's given to you by somebody or if it's like a self-appointed quest, um, you're just out there 
and you can find like all these little things you can just stumble upon like a shrine or like you could stumble upon some quirky character and it just it's like a like especially with the shrines it's like a normal quiet like puzzle and a lot of times you have to like use like logic to solve them and it just adds like this much needed respite from this like huge like crazy world of Hyrule filled with goblins and it's just so cool and I think that one thing I wanted to touch on is that like the context of this game and when it is like really fits well for the game and like Mm -hmm. the medium of games because I guess the context I'm referring to is like there was a war a hundred years ago and you lost like you lost the war and you don't remember any of it but as you like explore more of this world your memories come back to you and this world is just full of strife and hardship but everyone has like moved on and is just trying to to make a life for themselves and like most characters you meet like only know the world for what it is that it's lost and they don't know what it's worth fighting for and it's just it's just so cool and it really pushes you towards the these impossible goals of like defeating Ganon and I think that it just like aids the context of the game that everyone has moved on but like you are trying to right the failures of the past right and I just think that that really lends itself to like this crazy big open world and to me this game is just like the epitome of high fantasy of what a high fantasy game can be and like what I just think it's just such a great game and it's so vast full of adventure quirky characters there are terrifying enemies like fun challenges and puzzles and a wholesome world and it's just like got so much charm and it's worth saving and it made me a Zelda fan and it made me excited to play other games in the franchise yeah I remember you picked up a bunch of Zelda games after like you were really trying to yeah I, I really just wanted to experience more of that so we'll talk about maybe some more of those in the in the year to come but I, I was just I don't know I was just smitten and it really it took me I mean it's it's kind of sad that it took me like being in a hard place for me to kind of find this as it was but I'm very glad that that happened and well I'm, I'm glad that I got through the personal stuff in my life for other reasons but <laughs> you know a side uh, or a side project to, or what is it like a byproduct a byproduct of that was me being able to to enjoy this game for what it is. And I yeah. think that's awesome. Yeah. Breath of the Wild, man. That's that's one hell of a title, dude. And if you haven't played Breath of the Wild, I really recommend you get it on the Switch. It's really, really good. Yeah. I, I agree, man. I, I think it's just so much fun. I, I got the DLC, and I've kind of been making my way through it. So I'm, I'm still playing it in a way. <laughs> yeah. I return to it every month or so. Me too. I'm still playing through it too. So. It's, I mean, it's crazy, man. Like I'm 100 plus hours into it and it's, it's just so much left there's there's whole areas of the map that I haven't even been to so mm-hmm. crazy man I guess that's that's my number two
this is this is the one. Number one. The one. The last one. Or the first one. Depending first on one. how you're listening to this. The best game of the year. The best game of the year. Brandon, what is your game of the <laughs> year? Your goatee for 2022. Drum roll, please. I'm going to go with Alden Ring. <laughs> I'm going with Alden Ring. That was my number one title, man. That game just checked so many boxes for me. I got to play with Naomi. I got to play with Blake. I got to play with some of my other friends. Um, I got to you know, get introduced to this new franchise of games, Dark Souls mm-hmm. games. Um, learn a lot more about, you know, this world and just have a a newfound appreciation for for these types of games, you know, and now I think in the future I'll be more inclined to pick up a title like Elden Ring and give it a shot because I, I just had a great time playing this. I'm still going to play it some more. Yeah, this game is awesome, man. Yeah. It's it really is. It's it's a it's a timepiece. You know, it's something that you can tell the creators really took some time with and and poured their heart and soul into. So it's a great title. I recommend it to everyone, and that's why it's number one on my list. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I mean, like, there's just I mean, I've never really played one of these like Dark Soul games, mm-hmm. like by the was it FromSoft? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's something like that. Yeah, I haven't played one of their games, and like, it there is a learning curve to it. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't know if I ever really hit, like, where I was comfortable with how, you know, this this game operates. Like, there's just so many different play styles, and like, it's so adaptable that like you can truly pick up any item and like, go with it. You yeah. know what I mean? And I recently. You know, in the past month, I started a new save file. And the reason that I did that is I, I learned about... Actually, there's two things that I learned about that I didn't know when I was playing the game. Um, like, there's iframes. Have you heard... Do you know what iframes are? It so, sounds familiar. So, iframes are invincibility frames. And they are frames of, like, when you're doing a certain action, your character is invincible to damage. So, there's, like, a, like a, there are frames like animations in this game where your character is invincible and I did not know that and I feel like that is such a really like such a key piece to understanding these Dark Soul FromSoft experiences and there's also these things called parry frames do you know about parry frames no. I mean it's kind of the same thing like there's like a certain animation the animation where you and can... like frames of the animation that allow you to parry so like there are some shields for example that like so like the normal base shield normal base parry is five frames of animation for a parry which is very quick and mm-hmm. I think in other past previous Dark Souls games it's been closer to twelve so basically the parry is like cut in half actually it's cut more than in half and that when I learned that I was like I love parrying in games like I wish that like other games like this I was like I really wanted to find something like that. Like, I really wanted to find a playstyle that fit parrying. And there is one shield that you can start out with that has a 12 <laughs> parry frame. And it's like the bucklet. And in order to do that, you have to start out as the bandit. And you get, like, a like a dagger. So you get a dagger and this, like, bucklet shield. Mm-hmm. And I started it out again. 
and I, I had a great time with it. Um, and I'm, I have to like defeat a boss, and then once I defeat the boss, I'll be able to, to get magic, which I'm really excited about. So <clears throat> I think... I mean, like, there's just... I mean, this game is awesome. Like, there's just so much to it. But, like, I mean, like, this is your game of the year. You've played how many hundreds of hours at this point and you didn't even know about iframes and periframes. You yeah. Know? Like, this game goes yeah. so deep. Seriously. It, it's really, like, truly just an incredible experience. It really is. It's it's one hell of a title. And there's so much to do and explore. And like you said, play styles, like, ways to interact and, and just go about, you know playing in this environment that there are just so many different builds yeah so many things you can do so many ways to interact with it and i was trying to like i was going with the art kind of like an arch mage build like Mm -hmm. that you know very sticking to like my spells and um moving quickly uh but i think i needed to definitely focus a little bit more on my defense um and man that's just hundreds of hours on this title it's kind of crazy that kind of just didn't even feel like that like time flies when you're having fun yeah honestly like it just i just wanted to like explore this world get to know it for myself and yeah absolutely experience it and there's still so much more for me to do there and and yeah. get to know and i can play with people as well which is like that extra added layer on it too yeah i think um, this game's gonna be with us for years to come yeah. And, like, people are still discovering things about this. Like, that... I was a YouTube video where I learned about, like, these parry frames, and it was only a couple months old. Like, people are still learning about how the game works, like, to this day. Yeah. So... Yeah. And that speaks to just the design of the game, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it was, it's one of those games where, from the very start, it was kind of just, like, they're not holding your hand. Like, you kind of just need to figure it out on your own. Like, how to, how to, you know, get by and move forward in, in this world. And, um, yeah, it plays really well. And it leaves a lot of room for imagination and and just exploring. And I really enjoy this game. Number one for a reason, Elden Ring. Yeah, that's so awesome, man. Elden Ring, number one. The Fallen Leaves tell a story. the Eternal is nowhere to be found. And in the night of the Black Knives, Godwin the Golden was first to perish. Soon, Marika's offspring, demigods all, claimed the shards of the Elden Ring. The mad taint of their newfound strength triggered 
the Shattering. A war from which no lord arose. A war leading to abandonment by the greater will. Rise now, ye tarnished, ye dead who yet live. The call of long-lost grace speaks to us all. Horalu, chieftain of the Badlands, the ever Brilliant gold mask. Fear the deathbed companion. The loathsome dung eater. And Sir Gideon Othnir. The all-knowing. again bless a tarnished of no renown cross the fog to the lands between to stand before the Elden Ring and become the Elden Lord. Well, I'll just move right along to my number one, which I will say is not Elden Ring. It's not, not it actually didn't make my list. Um, El Elden Ring is a very hard game, and this is the opposite of that. Um, so, my number one game of the year for 2022 is Ollie Ollie, Ollie, Ollie World. Ollie Ollie World. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it, dude. <laughs> we talked about this game so much this past year. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this game. We've, I mean, we've talked about it at length. Um, but I really just wanted to start off with kind of uh, the opening cutscene of the game. Um, you can find it on YouTube. Maybe we'll put it in. Uh, maybe we'll put it in this episode, actually. Uh, but they, this is kind of like just a summary of it, and I really just wanted to kind of set the mood um, with that. So, Radlandia is the ultimate skate utopia. Legend has it that the land was created by five immortal skate gods. The celestial skatriarchs carved the mountains, grinded the deserts, and kicked flipped the beaches, forming five mighty districts. <laughs> one area each for their own vision of skate paradise where they ascended into Narvana and awaited a skater that could master their five skills with steez and a style that is true and both sick and gnar. 
the skate wizard, a master of the four-wheeled stunt wood. The skate wizard's job in Radlandia is paramount. They must maintain balance between Narvana above and the spirits of the skateboarders in Radlandia. The current skate wizard, Chiffon, is approaching retirement and is on, to, on a search to find her replacement. Could you be the next skate wizard? So, <laughs> I mean, like, it's just inherently just, like, goofy and silly out of the gate. And um, I just want to say, man, like, I think this is the best 2D skateboarding game that's ever existed, um, hands down. <laughs> I mean, I can truly recommend this game to anyone. And it's a game where you can play it at any skill level, like, truly any skill level. Like, it meets you for where you are. And it kind of teaches you how to play and get better as you go and as you continue. Um, like, truthfully, like, like, truthfully, it gradually, like, teaches you how to play. You can meet this at any skill level. And it's all about just, like, getting into the flow state. And that's just what this game is all about. And I love it. And, dude, I just got to say, mwah, chef's kiss to the music, man. It's so yeah, good. It's always nice when they get that right. It, it really, like, it's so freaking good. And it just, like, fits so well into this game. Like, it's just, oh my gosh, it's just so awesome. and like, really helps keep you in that flow state. And the world is just beautiful, weird, fantastical, and just filled with some of the most memorable cast of characters I've ever had the pleasure of experiencing in a video game. Um, they're just so intellectually written and, like, it's just so fun for you to like enjoy, you know, being with them. And you immediately like you just immediately know what their character is just cuz they're so well written. And like you know how in like Dreamworks movies and like Pixar movies there's like there's like the jokes that like you get as a kid like you think they're funny, but then when you like you're an adult you're just like, "Oh my gosh, like I can't believe they put that in a kids movie." Like that's hilarious. Like it has a lot of those and like because you know, I'm an adult, I get a lot of those, and I just think it's, like, so funny, because I can, like, see where, like, a kid would interpret it one way, and then it's, like, I interpret it a different way, and I just think it's, like, so hilarious and so intellectually written. Um, it's just so funny. And I think that that just works so well for this game, because um, you just don't have to engage with that at all. I mean, I personally recommend it, but, like, if you're in the flow state and you just want to go to the next one, like, it gives you an option to where you can say, like, they'll ask you, like, they'll ask you a question you can just hit like hit b on the controller and it'll be like no i just want to skate right now and it'll just skip all of that um so it's something that you don't have to engage with at all which i love it when games do that like they give you like something really cool but if you don't want to engage with it like you don't have to yeah and i think that's just awesome and brilliant um and i just think it's so cool and as you like play this game like you get to know um, Chiffon, the skate wizard, and her crew. And in her crew, there's Mike, Susie, and Dad. <laughs> and <clears throat> Mike, he has like a radio show, he has a skater magazine, and he's super into conspiracy theories, and he has like a prosthetic leg. And <laughs> he's just an absolute lovable goofball, and he like, he truthfully like ties the whole, ta the whole cast together like, he's funny, he's sweet, he's lactose intolerant, and he's just super enthusiastic. Uh, he's super stoked, you could say, um, just to have you there with him. So, I love Mike, 
And he gives you all these like crazy challenges throughout the world. And then when you pull them off, you get new gear. And then there's Susie. And she's just there to like film you for her vlog. But she also like takes shots with Mike. So she's got like a camera and she's always following you around. And she's like very down to earth. And she like, like, so you're like on this journey to become the new skate wizard. And like, there's like skate gods that are referenced, you know, all the time. And she just like rolls her eyes like anytime any of this is mentioned. And like everybody else is like so in on this world. Like, oh yeah, like there's like all these skate gods. I'm like, there's a skate wizard. Like you're on track to be the next skate wizard. And she's just like a complete atheist about like all of that. And she's like... (laughs) The skate wizards, yeah, or the skate gods, like, sure. Like, Chiffon, like, I don't know, she's a little bit off her rocker. And, like, it's just so funny to, like, have her in there for that just, like, mix-up. It's just so funny to me. And there's, like, at one point, like, her, Mike, and Chiffon go to, like, check out some new, some, like, cool new skate stuff at, like, a skate shop that just opened up. And she goes on, like, this whole tirade about like consumption and capitalism and how we should all be like more green and i'm pretty sure that you like get some like like wheels that are like made of wood from like listening to her but she just like out of nowhere kind of like like kind of lets it all loose when like when it's just you and her and it's just so funny it's like that's optional like you could totally miss that and i just think that like having that in there like at one moment i just think is awesome and she's just an awesome like character she just makes me laugh and then there's dad, which he's just like this old guy. He's got pads on, you know, he's got like the skater, like he's got like a helmet and he's like very clearly the most responsible one in the crew. He's always wearing a helmet, he's got safety pads. He runs a skate shop. So he's always like giving out vintage gear to everyone and everybody loves him, but he's like kind of timid and like safety first, you know, like, you know how dads are. And he's, it's just funny because like, through the the game you like get to his skate shop and he's like yeah i built like this little um um like like skate area in the back of my skate shop like like we should go check it out and then you just get there it it is the absolute craziest level in the entire game like there it's like these humongous like rickety looking roller coaster-esque like grind rails like it just is absolutely insane you get so much air like you it's very vertical whereas like a lot of the game like it's like 2d so you go from like right to left and just do all these cool tricks but and it's this in this one in particular it is like so vertical and you do like these like crazy like verts and you just do like the most insane tricks on this like crazy level and it like looks like he like built it together with like sticks and glue and it it just looks like the most like unsafe thing you could possibly do tricks on and it's just so funny and like the game is just filled with like just like like funny little moments like that and i just love it and then there's like chiffon who's the skate wizard and she's very enlightened and chill and she just honestly she just looks freaking dope man she's constantly like hovering on the ground or like hovering on her board as her board is just like turning in the air, like suspended. Um, and she's got this headband with a, a third eye on it. And she's like smoking this pipe and these like psychedelic bubbles are just like floating out of it. 
And she's just like constantly giving you tips and like coaching you and just saying like, hey, like this is meant to be fun and enjoyable. And like you do your best skating when you're relaxed and having a good time. <laughs> and there are just so many like crazy characters and they're called local legends. And if you beat them at like certain levels, like you get cool customization outfits. And I just think that this game has like one of the best character creators. Like it's so robust and inclusive. Like it just really just makes me feel good. And like if you're not into skating, it's it's a really cool like 2D platformer. You could kind of say if you like broke it down to its like most basic elements. And yeah. I know that people love 2D platformers. And if you're looking for really one of those, yeah, like th this game has got you written all over it. Like the controls are fantastic, and it just makes sense. Like when you play it. It just makes sense how do you would do a combo and how you would just like play the game. Like yeah. it just feels so intuitive. It's very intuitive. Very yeah. simple. Yeah, it's simple and intuitive, and it's just like simple design is accessible design, and I just, I just think it's awesome. And like I beat this game, and I've come back to it time and time again. Like I just love it. Like getting onto a new level and just like chasing that high score. And oh my gosh, I just think this is the best skating game I've ever played. It's just so joyous. It's fantastical. It's color, colorful. It's stylish, and it's just inherently goofy and silly, and it's it's weird. And I just think that a world needs a little bit more of that. So, it's just a, a little more comedy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more goofiness, a little bit more comedy. Yeah, it's just a, it's just an epically fun skate game that anyone could enjoy, and that's why it's my number one, twenty twenty two. Yeah, man, what a what a game to top it all off with, like Ollie <laughs> Ollie World, dude. That's that's one hell of a title, and I mean, you spoke to it a lot during the podcast this past year. I remember, came up a lot during episodes. You're really excited about this title, and I mean, it makes sense that it's number one. Yeah, and um, you know, hey, it's not going anywhere. Like they've they've released the the second one. Well, I even released the second one. They released a DLC recently, and I think that there's another DLC. That's coming on the way, so definitely, definitely worth keeping an eye on. It was on sale a couple of months ago, and I mean, like, it's an indie game, indie developer. Like, I think it's only like twenty, thirty bucks. Like, like a lot of the games on my list this year. Um, but like, seriously, like, this is worth checking out, especially if you're on a budget. And it's just like, like supporting the developers here, I think, would be awesome. But if you can pick it up on sale, like, definitely do. It's it's a great title. Ollie Ollie World. Pick it up. This is Radlandia, the ultimate skate utopia. An island where even the trees are skatable. Legend has it that Radlandia was created by five immortal skate gods. These celestial skatriarchs carved the mountains, grinded the deserts, and kickflipped the beaches, forming five mighty districts one area each to represent their own versions of skate paradise. When the skate god's work was done, they pulled the biggest airs and ascended to Narvana. Here they waited for a skater who could master each of their five skills with a steeze that is true and a style that is both sick and gnar. Eventually, a skater was appointed as their representative in Radlandia. A skate wizard, a master of the four-wheeled stunt wood. 
The job of a skate wizard is paramount to Radlandia. They must maintain balance between Nirvana above and the spirit of skateboarding in Radlandia itself. But skate wizards are a rare thing. Maybe once in a generation? The current skate wizard, Chiffon, now approaching retirement, is on a search to find her replacement. Someone who can achieve true mastery, impress the gods, and keep Ratlandia balanced like a skater on a board. And so, with the help of her crew, Mike, Suze, and a man that everyone just calls Dad, Chiffon is running tryouts for the next Skate Wizard. Could you be the one? All right, well, we're going to take a quick break and then talk about some honorable mentions. I feel like I feel like Brandon's just eyeing me. I feel like I've got I feel like I've got to atone for having not having Arceus and Elden Ring on my on my list. So I have to explain that. I feel like <laughs> um, so yeah. we'll, we'll be back and, and talk about some honorable mentions in a bit. I'll atone for I'll have to atone to the the elder tree or this is the Erd tree. I have to atone to the Erd tree. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're back in it, man. Um, yeah, we are. Dude, I'm, I feel bad, man. Elden Ring, it didn't make my list, man. I, I couldn't... <laughs> I couldn't put it on the list, man. We're here with the honorable mentions, and... I mean, I, it makes sense that Elden Ring couldn't make it on your list. You had so many, like, titles that really meant a lot to you. I did, man. Um, and like, I could tell every last one of those titles were, like, games you really spend time with and you really felt some type of way with, you know? Yeah, I will say, like, this year more than other years, like, games that I played just, like, hit me. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, they really just hit me. And, like, I guess, like, now we're on the other side of it. I feel like I got to say, I'm actually kind of in a bit of a rut. And I, like, can't find anything. So. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, so I guess, like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I, I guess I should be, be thankful that I had all these titles that I loved, you know. And I think that's one of the reasons I picked Elden Ring back up. I was, like, just trying to feel something. And then I just got my ass handed to me, man. So. <laughs> I just, yeah, I bet you if you got back on it, you put it right back away in the, yeah. in the box. You're like, I'm not playing that. Like, why would I do that to myself? Uh. You know, I I actually, man, I think I'm a very, like, I'll say, like, moody gamer. Like, I like to play games based on my mood. And I think as soon as, like, the winter hits, I'm going to need something. So I'm, that's my kind of plan is to, like, maybe really try and get back into it in the winter when I'm feeling like I need an experience like that. Because yeah. it also, like, it's a very dark in tone game. And it came out in spring. And, like, for me, spring, I'm just, like, I want to, like, look positive, you know, out towards the world. It's been a dark couple years. I feel like if it had come out in the fall, I feel like it would have been different. And I feel like I would have, like, you know what I mean? Because, like, for sure, it it is a very dark experience. I think a lot of people are going to come back to it this winter, like, when they're ready for it. And I think, like, over the next couple years, like, people are really going to come back to it. Especially as more and more comes out, like I spoke about, like the iframes and the parry frames. Like, as people learn more about the game, I think it's only gonna grow. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's something that the community is there for it. 
whether you know the, the people are talking about it or not it has a huge community yeah. and we can see why I mean the gameplay is there the design is there mm-hmm. you know it's it's a great game and um, I know I'll be playing this years from now hopefully, yeah hopefully with you know the people that I play play with now yeah yeah um, definitely and um, yeah dude I, I can see why I didn't make your list. You had some really some really good titles up there. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, Ghostwire Tokyo almost didn't make my list. Yeah. You know, Dragon Quest Ten was in really close oh, contention. Oh man! Wow. With Ghostwire Tokyo, I was like right there, but I ended up going with Ghostwire just because it's a little more fresh for me. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I did play Dragon Quest, but Dragon Quest definitely did have that impact on me. You know, I I feel like Dragon Quest is one of those those titles that like you really like and I feel like I or like it's like a franchise that you really like. And I I feel like I would love it. Like I like everything that it does. And I recently just actually bought some Dragon Quest games. So I'm thinking maybe in this upcoming year, like maybe we can both find our ways, like find a way to play a Dragon Quest. I think like I think that's really I think that that is like a more of a like a mutual game franchise that we could both really get into. I agree. I think I think Dragon Quest is just like just enough high fantasy for the both of us to mm-hmm. kind of have fun in and you know really yeah. have a good time. Yeah, so. definitely. But I just want one more thing I want to say about Elden Ring, and like it's the reason that I ultimately cut it from my list and didn't put it on there. Like I sometimes I like. I like difficult experiences and I think that they're very rewarding when you get to the end of it. But the thing that I just couldn't get over is when you, it's, it's like a, I think it's kind of like a trope of RPGs and like when you start the game, you have to pick a class Mm. and that class can define, it might may not define the whole game, but it's certainly going to define the opening hours. And like when I started you know, like I started as a samurai, and they give you a long-range weapon, and they give you a short-range weapon, and that character is really good at the long-range, but they're also really good at close-range. So, like, you have this bow, and if you use the bow effectively, like, it's it's a great character because you can do damage to them with the bow as they're coming in, and then finish them off with your, like, really powerful, like, um, close-up combat. And I, I just didn't click with the bow. I hated the bow. And then I finally, after like 20 hours, had like got enough to be able to get a single spell, the glit, pe- glit Pebble, which is like literally the weakest spell in the game. And I like found that and I got it. And I was like, oh my God, like this is when the game is finally starting to get good for me. And then I was just like, I had like a couple lives where I just like lost all my runes. And I was like, I gotta like put this down. And I never picked it up. But it's like, if I had gotten that Glit Pebble 10 hours previously I, I don't would have think been a lot more enjoyable you don't think you would ever put it down I don't think I ever would have put it down yeah no that's very true I got the glut pebble and then from there I got like a bunch of other really nice spells and I mean yeah I got yeah. pretty far in the game because of it just yeah. having that like spell on one hand and like your sword on the and other and then the sword on the other and found some really cool sword abilities too like I really like the blood slash mm-hmm. there's like a kind of like a move you could do where it only takes your stamina and it does a lot of damage and it's like a quick kind of like slash of blood mm-hmm. 
that's dude that that move just does damage on anything like it, it's awesome but um i really got to do the iframes and the and the you know the p frames out again yeah you got you got to look at those cuz it, it was really informative for me and like i could not figure out why i couldn't land a parry and like that was one of the things that i love about these type of games like not specifically from games but like games in this genre and I was just so frustrated that I couldn't get the parry right. But in this, there there's like a couple like super OP'd parries that give you like a lot more parrying time. And they're like, if you can get those, like this game, it really just opens that whole like aspect of it. Like it opens up a whole new aspect of the game. So I really want to get to that point. And then I started a new character, um, which was like a level, like a bandit. Yeah. And I, you get this, you get the better, like, parrying um, shield, like, a, the shield that has more parrying, like, the bucklet. And, like, I could already tell, like, in the couple hours that I had spent with it, where I created my new character, that I was really getting, like, I was really understanding the parry better, and I was having more fun. But it was like, man, like, all these enemies that I've, like, that I could just, like, cakewalk before, like, now I'm, like, I'm a level 9 character again, like... It just like now I have to do this all over again. So I was a I don't know. I'm kind. I I don't know. I'm hoping I can come back to it, but I, I mean, think you will. I mean, I think I will. It's only a matter of time because it's just like, like you said. I think it's very much like a wintery game. Kind of, mm-hmm. it needs to be like a bit like colder outside, darker outside. Like yeah. But I think the, the motivation will come to pick it up again. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least for myself, I know it's going to come again. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how God of War does. God of, if God of War <laughs> is, like, not hitting, then it'll probably be on Elden Ring. Yeah. But I doubt that, man, because God of War is, is probably going to it's gonna hit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's... I mean, I had a couple other honorable mentions I wanted to mention. Also, Arceus, man, that wasn't... Yeah, that wasn't on your list. And I was expecting list, that one for you. But. I I took it off at the last minute, man. And I wrote I wrote so many notes about this game, like, and we talked a lot about it when we were talking about it. Yeah. And I I think it's revolutionary, like I said. And I just love the exploration and catching. But one thing that I love about Pokemon is the battles mm. and the gym challenge. And the gym challenge is absent in this game, and the battles like. There aren't very many, and they really change the whole battle system up with this agile style, strong style, and like another aspect of it is I love building a team and I love like investing in certain Pokemon, and this game in particular is more more than any other. It's really incentivizing you like never before to switch up your team because you can really catch like if you work really hard and like are stealthy and bait a Pokemon and throw like a heavy ball. And, like, you can catch a Pokemon that's, like, 20 levels higher than your other Pokemon. Yeah. And it might not obey you, depending on your rank, but if you can have that Pokemon in your team, like, it's going to it's gonna be such a huge advantage that why wouldn't you? And, like, you're constantly up against that, like, fighting things that are just way or more overpowered than you. But then it's like, why even bother investing in the ones you have? And I kind of just, it felt kind of cheap to me just like switching them out and I, and I don't necessarily know like going back to it I don't feel that way because I realized that 
that I was like, oh, like it's just telling me to switch up my team. Like, and you have to do all these extra researches in order to get the Pokédex up. Right, like, so it's, it's in like, your best interest to just... Yeah, just switch them up. And like, don't have a team of six. Like, you're almost kind of punished for having a team of six that you, that you stick with. And, I mean, after I realized that, I had a better time with it. Um, and But I, I just feel like... Also, I kind of feel like this whole game is like one long tutorial. And I just, like, I've beaten the game. And I'm still just, like, going to this other person. And he's got, like, dialogue. And I'm just like, let me go. Like, let me just play the game. Like, how is this game already over? And you're still tutorializing some aspect of yeah. it to me. Like, I think that's a failure. I know what you mean. Like, having to go back to the camp and, like... Oh, my gosh, man. I just... I feel like that just ruins it for me more than any other... More than anything else. It does very much, like, bring the game back down to earth. You know what I mean? Like, it just, like, makes you have to go back to this checkpoint that kind of feels futile at times. And it's like... I don't know. It's annoying. But, I I mean, like, it's a huge step forward, and then it's, like, a couple steps backwards. Mm -hmm. And I think that I ho- I hope that they can you know utilize the huge leaps forward that they took, and just kind of tone back on the other stuff that just doesn't work. And also, like the Switch couldn't handle it, man. <laughs> yeah, that's it, what a lot of people say. <laughs> I really don't think it could. So maybe hopefully on the next iteration of the Switch, we'll, we'll I'm gonna pop it back in and and see if it. I mean, assuming that you can still play the that game moving forward, you know. I'm sure they'll they'll do that. So, I guess knock on wood. <laughs> but I'm excited to check that one out. I'm excited to check it out too. Especially like if they make any more iterations, I feel like they had a lot to learn from this one. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things that were kind of experimental, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. So I want to see what adjustments they make and what what it looks like the next time around. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Do you have any other honorable mentions you, you want to talk no, about? No, I honestly don't. I was I, looking to see. I was going to say 2K23, but I felt like that would have been a cheat to 2K22 just like because yeah. we were going to talk. I'm going to talk about this game yeah. a lot. So it's like. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess the only thing that I just have one more. And man, I feel so bad that I couldn't put it on my top 10. And I had it at number 10 for the longest time. But I, I ultimately chose Fortnite over it. And that's Lego Star Wars, which I just love this game, man. And I actually really want to talk about it for a sec. Cause like, dude, it it really could have been number one, but there's one thing that I think counts against it. And I'll just get it out of the way. It doesn't have online multiplayer. Mm. Like you, ha- like it, the game is like built to be yeah, played with people, and like it's built to be a like it was originally built to be like a co-op experience. And I think that it's really cool that they preserve that to where you can only play coach ca- like couch co-op like with other people. But like I live so far away from the people that I'd want to play this with. Like I'd want to play this with my sister. I'd want to play this with my buddy Kyle. Like there's a bunch of people that I'd like to play this with and like if it had online multiplayer like I would have made you get it. <laughs> but we we just wouldn't have been able to play together, and I think that that just like takes takes it down from being like a like it, let's say if this is a if that would have made it a ten out of ten, I think it takes it down to like a six or a seven mm-hmm. because like it, it's just so hard to get to play this game. Like it's such a social experience and such a social game, 
that like it really I just think knocks it down a huge peg that you can't play it an online co-op but I mean aside from that like this game is incredible like it's so goofy and like you like it's just the best Lego Star Wars game like hands down and that's all it had to all it had to be was just all of the previous Lego games in one place but it's that and it's just like so much more like it's just like an absolute dream to play like playing like Lego like Boba Fett's ship Slave One like getting to jump into a dogfight in space with that it's just like it's just been a dream of mine and like you can play as like IG-11 and the Mandalorian and there's all these character packs they just they're releasing an update literally tomorrow and or I'm sorry in two days and they're gonna add more character packs to it and it's just like so cool I mean like there's the Bad Batch there's gonna be Rebels like there's gonna be people from Andor and like all these crazy like Star Wars thing like crossovers like, I'm just so excited for it and I'm still having like a fun time playing with it and I'm having a great time streaming it and it's it's fun but it I just like it just hurts because it's like I could see how much better this would be if I could play an online co-op, and it it just breaks my heart that it's not. That it's missing that like extra step that could make the game that much more awesome than it already is. Yeah, because like it's meant to be played in co-op, but I can't play co-op with somebody unless they're sitting next to me, and in the world that we live in post-pandemic, you know this increasingly digital. Uh, you know, escape of a world that we live in, you know, like you need to be more digital. I just can't believe it didn't come with that. Yeah. And it's, it, I think that's a huge knock against it. But I mean, like, it, it's just so much fun. Like, it, it really is an incredible game, but it, I think it's just unfortunate it didn't have that, that one feature. Yep. So. All right. Well, I guess let's take a break and then we'll come back and. Do something new. Alright, we're back. And this year, we're going to do... Um, instead of doing a top five video games for the show, we're going to do our just our top video game moments and just celebrate the, the video games that we've talked about and, I guess, just some of the best moments that made the year. So, would you like to kick it off, Brandon? Yeah, I would, actually. I, um... One of the top moments this year was playing Fortnite with you and Carter, I think. You know, that was really fun. It's a game that I never really gave that much, like, love and attention to. And being able to get on it with some friends, I feel like, is all you really need. Sometimes just get on there, have a good time, try to get a try to get a number one. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun, man. And that, particularly playing with you and Carter on that, that stream that we did, that was just so much fun. And that's actually on our YouTube um, you can check that out if, yeah. <laughs> if you'd like. But man, that was so much fun. We we just had like fun. such a such a goofy time, <laughs> and that was so much fun. That's a great moment. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll go next. I I guess one of my favorite moments of the year was when we were playing Elden Ring together, and we and like we were both kind of grinding out runes, and yeah. uh, we were just like fighting these monsters, and then we both came across this. Like tunnel that we had never been to and then Brandon left my world and then we both like discovered it and then like inside there was a campfire and we like spawned him back into it and yeah. we did this like crazy labyrinth of a tunnel 
and it was just so cool. It was so much fun. And then like at one point, I don't know if you remember this, Brandon, but I was like, oh, what's that over there? I bet I could jump over there to that. And I like jumped over to it and it, we had no idea, but we were like so close to the end of it. And then like I died and I had to, <laughs> we had to like, I had to like start over and like do the whole labyrinth again by myself. Uh, I mean, there was nobody in it. It was just empty, and Brandon was just there. I was like, bro, you got to come out. I don't have a torch. And he's just like, nah, dude. Like, you died. Like, you got to get there. <laughs> and he just, like, didn't help me out. And I was, like, <laughs> trying to find my way through this labyrinth, torchless. I was maidenless and torchless, and, and Brandon was just having I'm cold. I was <laughs> cold and hungry, and I was just waiting for you at the end. Like, come on, like. I know, I know. <laughs> but we, and then... And then I was, I, what's worse about it is I had to then, in order to get all of my runes, I had to successfully make that jump, Again. get my runes. Well, the one that, the jump that killed me, I had to successfully make the jump, get the runes, and then jump back. And I did it, but I was, I was in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I actually this. remember <laughs> that. I remember that. You were so stressed that you are going to do it again. That was funny. That was a funny moment. That was that was a that was a top moment. Elden Ring, man, that's one hell of a title. We gotta get back on that, man. That reminds me, we got it. Yeah, we should really, we should get back on. We should stream some of that. It was before we were streaming. Hell yeah. So, that's a good game to stream because there's no real like latency. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if your your internet is laggy a little bit. Cause it's like so what? It's just like you know, mm -hmm. it's just an open world game. Um, yeah. But I, I guess moving on to another moment for me would be on. Um, in Minecraft when we had our realm mm -hmm. and um, one of your friends Kyle hit us up and he's like hey like what the hell's going on like the server got griefed like <laughs> he's just upset and then you know I had to figure out who who was griefing on the server and come down to it it was my friend Brandon Rickard who is a notorious griefer I should have known <laughs> I should have never, ever let him onto the world in the first place because he's been known for griefing ever since we were little kids. Um, but here he goes again. Years Damn, you later. shouted him out first name and last Government name. Government name. <laughs> just, in, you know, just in case you're listening and you want to get your get back. Um, but, uh, yeah, he just he's notorious for griefing. The, the guy can't help himself but grief from time to time. So he get on there and he was... Uh, you know, did what he does best, and he upset some people, and I had to I had to kick him out of the of the realm. Mm. But it was just a funny moment, and it kind of it kind of took me back to. Well, it wasn't funny for Kyle. Um, I, I don't think he took it too yeah. hard, if I'm being honest. But he's, I think he's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's just funny to like see that we're st I'm still dealing with that like griefing <laughs> stuff even years in the future, like. You would uh, think we'd, we would be over that, but uh, it seems like that. some people never change. <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft Realms, man. I, I feel like we should get back on that. I feel like yeah, we should that's, a, that's, that's an awesome one because it's like anyone can play at any time. So yeah. It's really nice. Yeah, maybe we should do something with that. Um, well, I guess I'll just move right on to another one of mine. Um, beating Breath of the Wild. That, that was a huge gaming moment for me. Um, and it... It's like an, it's so epic, and I, I mean, I'm not gonna speak too much on it, but when you beat it, it, it oh my gosh, it's just such a cool boss fight, and like the yeah. lead up to it, um, I guess I'll say this because I didn't really know this personally, you have to descend into Hyrule Castle, 
But then you actually, like, the map changes, and the map is Hyrule Castle. And you have to, like, find your way to Ganon in Hyrule Castle. And you basically have to, like, clear this, like, labyrinth, like, this humongous castle that has, like, labyrinths and dungeons in it, and the outside, like, barriments. Like, it is just such... I mean, it's there's so much to it that, like, you would never know until you actually try to, to defeat, defeat Ganon. Ganon. Yeah. Wow. And then, and then I defeated awesome. him, and it, it's really cool, and it was a great experience. So that, that's got to be a top moment for me. And I had I to share that moment with you, man, because that sounds like a glorious moment. One of my coworkers recently told me that she beat it, um, and you know, it took her forever, but she finally did it. And I'm proud of her. I'm proud of you. I had to join the club. <laughs> yeah, you should, man. Because I mean, the thing is, like, with it, is you kind of realize at the end that it's not really about that. But once you do it and, and like see it through, then you're like, okay, like now I can just enjoy the rest of it and still have like a great time. Cause like, it, it really feels like an impossible task, like defeating Ganon. Yeah, definitely. at least for me right now. I'm over here, I'm barely navigating stuff, I'm barely surviving, Blake. I'm getting cold and stuff, like. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's crazy. Like, you gotta eat the hot peppers in order yeah, to make it like, through I'm the not, winter, man. I don't think I'm in any type of shape to defeat any boss at this moment, like. But, you'll get there eventually. Yeah, definitely, man. You, I'll, I'll be your, I'll be your guiding, uh, guiding force if you need me to, man. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, thank you. Do you have any others you want to shout yeah, out? Yeah, um, I'll move on to um, hitting home runs in MLB. I think okay. that's, that's definitely a top moment, just being able to like figure it out to the point where it becomes easy and you're just like, wow, like this game is really fun. <laughs> you, just, when you know when you're like going on all cylinders at a game and you're just like, it just feels like second nature, you're flowing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like when I got to that moment in MOB. It took a while to kind of figure out the mechanics because yeah. it's just a game I barely play. But, you know, once I got it, man, it was a good moment. And it definitely like took me back to playing MOB as a youth. And definitely, yeah, it just makes me have a lot of, like appreciation for baseball as a sport. And playing it, simulating it, it's fun. Yeah. It's a good moment for me, top moment. That's awesome. Do you have any others? Yeah, I've got I've got a couple more. Um, I guess there's just one of the top moments for me in, in Legends Arceus, like just just playing it and having like those moments where you're just like completing the Pokédex, and um, you know, a big moment for me was when I finally <laughs> caught that. Uh, oh my gosh, what is it? I totally am blanking on the name of the this Pokemon. It's like the the big dude. It's like a Munchlax is the first one. Snorlax. Oh my god! I don't know why. You sent me that video, Snorlax. <laughs> I was like, bro, like that. I would just quit at that point. Like that Snorlax moving that fast. Yeah, there, there was this video, and it was like this Snorlax was just like breezing, like like he was like first of all, he had, he had red eyes, like he used that bloodlust. Like, <laughs> <laughs> The Snorlax like really, and then he started levitating. Like you see a Snorlax levitating, just give up. Get out of there, just, man! Yeah, there's no even point in running. That's like getting chased by a brown bear. Just, you know, just curl up into a ball and call it quits. Oh man, yeah, I think it was like like some like it was like a video clip of like some buggy gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> but man, just like catching catching that Snorlax, like that is that was just such a fun moment. Like because like. 
I got pretty much got like I didn't, but I pretty much got wasted by him like the first time I ran into mm-hmm. him, and then it was like, oh my gosh, like a level sixty, like Snorlax, like I got to get out of here, and like it was just terrifying because it's got these red eyes and. Man, it was one of the first big Pokemon I came across, and then just being able to come back to them later, like it, it was always in the back of my mind, and then I finally was able to come back to it and, and get it. So that was a huge moment for me. It's awesome. That's a big moment for catching Snorlax. I know I haven't caught him yet, but no, catching like those Mega Pokemon is like it's a big mm-hmm. deal. It's it's hard. They, yeah. they make it hard. They make They're it hard very to get strong. Off those. You yeah. gotta really weaken them. Um, that's a big one. I guess I'll go with my last moment here. Um, it's just uh, being able to get my friends together, get a full lobby, uh, so we can play at the rec uh, in two K twenty two. My friend um, Brandon Rickard, who is also the griefer <laughs> in realms, just pointing that out. Um, my friend Kyle, Danny, Mark, uh, Edgar, shout shout out to all of you guys just getting on two K with me and you know just shooting it, shooting, getting some W's, man. Um, it's really fun. And I look forward to playing some more, some having some more of those moments. Hopefully with you, Blake, eventually get you yeah, on some two K with me. Dude, I really want to, man. Go to the park, get some two v twos, get some three v threes, hit the theater up, play some games in the theater, maybe play some rec. We'll see. Yeah, um, I think I'm gonna have to get into it, man. But but shouts outs to to all my all my friends who um, definitely just get on two K with me and support it, support the antics. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Um, I've got a couple more, but I think I might just end it with this one. So, <laughs> dude, I had this, <laughs> I didn't get to talk about this on the podcast. I had this absolutely crazy, gnarly Fortnite win, and I just <laughs> want to talk about it. <laughs> so it was, um, it was during, um, the season where they had like Darth Vader and it, it, it was just so fun. Because, like, you, one of the things that they introduced, or, I don't know, maybe they didn't introduce it, but maybe, I don't know. It was just something that was there that I think was new, is you could get gold and you could talk to NPCs. And then when you talk to the NPCs and gave them gold, they'd give you, like, a either an item or, like, they could give you a legendary gun. Yeah. So, I gave, basically, I gave this NPC, like, all my gold, and they gave me this sniper rifle that shot in, like, three-round bursts, kind of. But it shot exploding bullets. So like if it stuck to you, like if it would I explode. Like, it would explode, but it had like a latency. Oof. So it was I like gave all my gold to that and I was like, man, like maybe I shouldn't have given all my gold to that. Like I was just kind of messing around this round. Right. Like I just started, like maybe oh man, like maybe I should have waited and like saved save this for like a, a big game and I was like, Okay, well I mean like I guess like it's minute one, I best I guess I better like Put put on like a, I guess my put my best foot forward, and I just like go go around this world and I like get in like fight after fight and I'm just like, I'm like using this sniper that's like and the bullets are exploding and I'm like nobody I like nobody knows that I have this gun you know what I mean so like they're not playing their play style around this and I just like absolutely like wrecked like a bunch of people because like I'd shoot them. And then, like, they'd, like, run away, or I'd, like, hide, and then they'd, like, blow up, and, like, that was it, man. And, like, I just kept doing that to a bunch of people, and it was just so much fun. But they also, something that they added that week that was only there for that week, like, it wasn't there the next week, they added this flying saucer. So, it, like, got down to it, it it got down to it, and it was me and two other people. And one person had a flying saucer, 
and the other person had like a porta fort and they were in the top of the porta fort and it was them they were kind of going at it like the porta fort person was going at it with the person in the flying saucer and i was just like crouched in a bush <laughs> watching this all i know and i like I, I had just gotten like in a fight like i didn't have like full health i didn't have full shields i was like oh my gosh like what is gonna happen here like i'm not prepared for i'm not prepared to like fight a flying saucer and basically like the flying saucer did like some damage to the guy and he like fell out of the port of fort but he was still alive because he was like on a hill and i like rushed him and I like like shot at him with like the sniper rifle and like blew blew parts of the fort up and then I ended up getting him. But then the other person that was in the flying saucer, like they didn't see me do it because he had like hurt the flying saucer somehow and then like they got I don't really know how it worked. But they like got the flying saucer back up line and then I was hiding in the bush again and they were like looking for me. And then I started shooting them with this sniper and like the bullets were like blowing up. And I was I was like hurting this, this, so basically it was just me in a bush with the sniper rifle against like the flying saucer. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way I'm making it out of this. And I just like kept shooting at it and like it was blowing it up. And then like, if you're in the flying saucer, you can pick somebody up and take them into a, like, like you can take, so basically he like beamed me up and then took me into the storm, dropped me off and then like went back into the, the area. Oh, but I wow. also had like the like the Spider-Man club. So then I like grabbed onto his flying saucer, like flew back into the, back into Bro, the like, this is crazy. I know I was like, <laughs> flew back into the area that like, like the storm wasn't. And then I just like kept shooting him. And then like, I got his, like it was truthfully, it was like me and this guy for like five minutes because then the flying saucer like came down and like the, it was like disabled. And then I was like trying to run around and shoot him. And he was like healing up and I was trying to heal up too. And, oh my gosh, it was just, like, chaos. And then he, like, got in the flying saucer again. And I was like, no, like, I thought I took it down. And then I just, like, shot him, like, with everything I had in these exploding bullets. And it ended up, like, I I got him. I blew him. I blew, blew up the flying saucer. I had, like, a sliver of health. I don't know how I did it, but I, like, took down a guy in a port of four and a guy with a flying saucer. It took, like, five minutes. Yeah, this man it was the most demon, bro. He took, out, <laughs> he took out the guy in the fort and the saucer. Like, take notes. If you're his option. You, you got a fort or a saucer. You're going to need more than that. Like, honestly, that's crazy. And I was just, like, I went through this, like, epic battle and then I like was done and I was like I won and my girlfriend she she was like sitting kind of close to me in the living room she was like oh like you won and I was like you tell me you saw some of that like <laughs> I was like tell me you saw that like tell me like I wasn't just getting so sweaty over here and you didn't even notice <laughs> she didn't she didn't even notice she didn't even like, oh. see my hard work she's <laughs> like oh nice number one That's she's cool. like good for you babe <laughs> So lovely. So hey, that's it, man. That's that's, that's got to be one of the top moments. What a way to end it, bro. That's <laughs> awesome. That is a top moment, dude. Fortnite. It's hard to get those number ones, bro. Especially when you're, you know, you're up against a saucer. Yeah. So. But all you need is, all you need is to get rid of all your gold to an NPC of the fish head, and you can get <laughs> yep. a sniper rifle. Yeah, and some <laughs> determination. Yeah. And, and uh, a girlfriend that neglects you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With uh, that, that's a way to wrap it up. Uh, all right. Good. Well, I guess thank you so much for uh, for listening to our, our 2022 Game of the Year. Um, this is our first time recording in person, like we yeah. said before. And this just feels so good. It was awesome. Um, so, yeah. This super, was such, fun. Yeah, such a great experience, man. Thanks for... 
Thanks for doing this with me. And thank you so much for, for tuning in. Um, you know, we've, we've got TikTok, we've got YouTube, we've got an Instagram. Twitch. All we've like got good Twitch. stuff. Yeah, it's all linked. Um, Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. Share anywhere. with a friend. <laughs> yes, please share with a friend. Um, we put a lot of work into this and we we just love for for it to be, you know, shared and appreciated. So um, we also, if you'd like to take it a step further, we do have a Patreon yeah. And you can support us there for as little as $1 a month. And you can listen to our Game of the Year from last year yeah, um, if you're so inclined. There. And we've got some other bonus episodes there as well. So just thank you so much for, for supporting us. And um, if you'd like to, to go that extra step, like sharing it with a friend, would mean the world to us. Thank you. Thank you so much for staying tuned. This was the Sticky Buttons Podcast, the best video game podcast out there and in the podcast verse which is like there are like two billion podcasts now i think so <laughs> that says a lot stay tuned yeah thank you so much Goaty 2022 2022